0: My shorts. Hello everybody, welcome to the Dave Lee at Down Under Podcast. I'm of course your host, Dave Lee, and this is episode eighteen. I'm having a case of deja vu here. This is the second time around I'm recording this one. That's beauty that this podcast doesn't go out live, that's for sure. You can join me every single Monday on the podcast. It goes out on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, all the big ones. The visual element is available on YouTube as well. That goes out two days earlier, exclusively for the patron supporters. So if you're a patron supporter, you can get that two days earlier on the Saturday. Um, Apologies to patrons. We get this one up a little bit later today because we're recording on a Saturday instead of a Friday, but that's okay. You'll get that early. You will get that early, and you know that because you're listening to it anyway. So anyway, if you want to become a patron supporter and get that early access, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dave Lee Down Under. You can find me on YouTube at Dave Lee Down Under, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Links down in the description below. As you know, click through the wonder of technology these days and you're straight there you're straight there how good's the world wide web uh if you want to write into the show which no one ever does on the email you can send an email to dailypod of gmail.com i reckon i've had like i said last week i reckon i've had one email to that but it's okay because you all get me on twitter you get me on instagram you get me everywhere else so that's beautiful but if you want to run an email there's an option there too so many so many avenues that you can get me on if you're listening on the podcast platforms please Please leave some reviews because it does help me get out there and stuff. I've been getting quite a few recently, which is amazing. So thank you guys out there for listening. I've got a very special guest with me today. Uh, This is a guy who I've had on the podcast before. So you know that I, I, I just love this guy's work so much. I think this guy is one of the best... Doing what he's definitely the best doing what he's doing, and he's one of the best in the movie space on YouTube. And I'm, I'm very, very proud to call this guy a friend. He's a wonderful, wonderful person. I'm happy to have him back on the show. Thank you for joining me. It is, of course, Austin Burke. How are you doing, Austin? Oh, Dave.
1: Oh, that music gets me so motivated, man. Uh, your intros are my favorite part of your show. Like, you know, obviously I love the content, man. Yeah, you get yeah. me so pumped up. It is good oh, to yeah, be here, Dave. Fun
0: beautiful <laughs> you've been good you've been good you're joining me get you were on the last show that you were on was episode oh geez what was that episode six, episode 15 three shows that that right. before christmas though yeah it feels like a lifetime ago 2020
1: it does i i've i've watched so many movies it, it was only you know a month ago but yeah so many movies since the yeah. last time i yeah.
0: saw you yeah. so many YouTube videos, videos. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah yeah man Oh, it's crazy! It's great, like yeah, like I said, there's only like three. Well, I took a month off over Christmas. I needed the break, and I'm sure you understand mm. this. Uh, you yes. took a, did you take a bit of a break yourself?
1: A little bit. I little I, bit. I like to tell myself I'm going to take a break, Dad, yeah, yeah. and then I and then I get into it. And something about me, it could be the fact that I don't have a lot of friends in real life, Dave. I have you. Yeah. But it could yeah. also be the fact that I just, I I, I don't know. I'm always having to do yeah. something, whether it's watch a movie, watch a series, this or that. But I love it, man. I can't complain. I love what I do. I love tuning into your podcast, your channel. And uh, it's just, it's a blast to be back on the show, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, so happy to have you back on. And uh, you are an expert in all things new movies. You're an expert in all things uh, award ceremonies and all that kind of stuff. Um, Theatrical films, streaming films, which we've had a lot of streaming films over the last 12 months. Um, But there's some stuff that I want to talk about today that you are just an absolute expert in. And I need an expert on the show. And who else better (laughs) to turn to than you? Because otherwise I'm going to be sitting here for an hour and a half just, you know, (laughs) trying to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. When, when I'm not really, um, uh, of course, before we get into it, though, please tell everyone out there, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this knows who you are, but for mm-hmm. those who don't, give them an introduction to you and where they can find you and um, and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, Austin Burke on YouTube, just my name. And uh, what I do is I focus on streaming movies and TV shows. I like to review as many things as I can um, and try to keep the quality with that quantity. I know that's a tough Mm -hmm. thing to do. I don't know if I've done it as consistently as I wanted to, Uh, but I also do random things on YouTube like tier lists, love pop culture, trying to cover WandaVision every single week. And, um, and I'm writing a review for every movie I see on Letterboxd. So Letterboxd has turned into one of my absolute favorite apps, uh, Mm -hmm. trying to build up a little community over there and uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Birkinator. Uh, Dave, it's, it's a, it's a fun space to be in. And and we're always collabing and finding other people in our space to, uh, to do these kinds of videos with man. But I just, I love what I do. I love watching as much as I can. Trying not to overwhelm myself. I got to do uh, Sundance, which I know yeah. we're going to talk about. Watched yep. a lot of movies there, man. And it was just a, it was a fun uh, movie-packed, TV show-packed week. Mm. I also watched two series, and it's just a lot of great content in 2021 so far.
0: Well, Adam, we're only a month in. We're only a month in. <laughs> yeah. And there's been so much <laughs> stuff already. You were saying how many movies did you, did you watch at Sundance? I watched, uh, I believe, 24 In the space of what? Was that a yeah. week? Or was that two? It was a week. Okay, so
1: the ma- the majority came Saturday and Sunday. I think it did eight Saturday, eight Sunday. I know I made this joke before the podcast. I am surprised I'm still married. Yeah. <laughs> my my wife, man. I I said, listen, honey, I'm going to be in here. If you want to watch a movie with me, come on over. You know the movie she chose to watch with me, Dave, was What's actually that? it was the Nicholas Cage oh, uh, yeah, Prisoners yeah. of the Ghostland, yeah, and. <laughs> we'll talk about it, but yeah. Oh man. What, what a film to pick. What film to <laughs> pick.
0: <laughs> I've heard some things. I've heard some yeah. things about that one for sure. I mean, actually talking about Nick Cage, I was, I almost forgot this. I'm going to be what? one second. I need to go keep the, keep people entertained. Talk about whatever you want. Yeah. I'm going to be two seconds. I need to grab something just from over in the corner there.
1: Absolutely. Well, I, I can speak upon that movie really quick prisoners of the Ghostland, Um, and I know we're going to talk about Sundance here in a bit, but, I don't know if I can even say this on the podcast, what Nicolas Cage says in this movie, Dave. Yep. The most Nicolas Cagey, it may be the most Nicolas Cage movie we've ever seen. Oh man. There will be memes, there will be gifts, there will be <laughs> essays written about this film, Dave. It was and I, I still don't know if it's actually good or not. I gave yeah, it yeah. Uh, I actually gave it a, a reasonable score, but man, you will you will not see another movie like this in 2021. let excited. me tell you that.
0: I'm very excited. Now this right here, um, this is. Just, I'm going to get this out of the way first because I sometimes forget this. I am running a competition at the moment. It ends Ooh. on the eighth of Feb, so like the day that this podcast goes out to everyone. There, so you've got. I'll Definitely. give you a little leeway. I might, I might, I might leave it open to like the ninth now, just just in case there's people out there get this a little bit late. I've got two DVDs I'm giving away at the moment. Thanks, to my friends over at Madman Entertainment, uh, Jiu-Jitsu starring Nick Cage. Austin can't see that, but there you go. This is that's why I Ooh. um. That's why I, uh, you, you mentioned Nick Cage. I thought, yes, I need to go grab that DVD. So yes. there we go. We've got Jiu Jitsu starring nice. Nick Cage. We got one here called Savage, which is a New Zealand film about New Zealand street gangs. So that looks like a lot Thanks. of fun as well. Uh, to enter this one, you can head to my YouTube, go to my most recent Blu ray update video, which is the one for January 2021. Almost oh, said 2020. Uh, 2021 January. <laughs> um, and you just either let me know your favorite, like, straight to DVD. Degrade Nick Cage movie or let me know your favorite New Zealand film. Favorite film that's come out of New nice. Zealand. How about you, Austin? What's your favorite Nick Cage film? And what's your favorite film to come out of New Zealand? Oh my gosh. Oh man. I New Zealand's tough. I, I don't know
1: off the top of my head. Where was Hunt for the Wilder People film? Yeah. Uh, New Zealand. Was that New Zealand? Yeah. That is one of the absolute best movies of Mm that year and and just one that not a lot of people talk about when it comes to Taika Waititi, right? You've got your, your Jojo rabbits and, Mm -hmm. and uh, your Thor Ragnarok's, but, and for good reason, those films are great, but man, hunt for the wilder people Mm -hmm. is just magnificent. Nicholas Cage, you know, (laughs) obviously his Oscar ish roles. something about, and I don't even know if I would say this is a good movie. I have a lot of nostalgia for his ghost rider.
0: Yeah.
1: And, it's ridiculous, and I don't know if it's a good film, Dave, yeah, but yeah. when I watch that movie, there's a sense of joy that overwhelms me when mm-hmm. he turns into the flaming skull, oh, yeah. and I just enjoy watching it. Yeah. So uh, not my favorite, but that's one I like talking about.
0: <laughs> well, here's actually a, a, a story about that. They filmed that in Melbourne, um, Ghost Rider. Yeah, there was a big kit. Interesting. There was a big kick back then to have movies filmed out in Australia. It's happening again now because of COVID. It's kind of like people are coming out this way to film their movies so they can actually film them. But back then they filmed Ghost Rider here in Melbourne and we got a phone call. I was very young in high school, probably, I don't know, very early, like one of my first two years of high school, whatever. We got a phone call from someone who was like, they're filming Ghost Rider. They're filming this Nicolas Cage film in the city right now. I can tell you where to go, go down there. I was like damn yeah so me and my parents went out Ooh. there and it was it was that scene where he first turns into the ghost rider and comes no. down over the side of the building and and down the building <sighs> <laughs> and it was uh, it was an old bank, like a big bank. I think it was I think it was the ANZ Bank in in Melbourne, like the big like headquarters. Okay. And Nick Cage, we, I'm not too sure if Nick Cage was there. I don't think so. I think it was just a stunt guy. But because we, we were so far away, but it was insane to just drive down the street where they're filming the movie. SWAT cars everywhere, you know, Hollywood stunt uh, SWAT cars. Oh, and then they had uh, like people everywhere, extras and stuff. And they were just shooting this film, uh, this scene where he's coming over the edge of the building. And they had like a massive spotlight and it was literally just like showing the spotlight down the building and all the extras are going, oh, you know, sort of thing. But just standing there watching two or three hours from doing that, it was just insane. And, you know, like, just like that was like my first experience of, I really one of my only experience of being on a film set and just seeing how it all works. It was just, yeah, insane. So, yeah, I've got a little well, you bit see of a-
1: the. You see the behind the scenes videos of how all of these things work. Yeah. And, and sometimes I'll watch them and I'll say to myself, how does that turn into what we see you know what i mean it just doesn't it doesn't feel like it matches up but having that experience dave i I would love to just be on a set see Mm. what happens Mm -hmm. see a little bit of the process and i think that's our love of filmmaking yeah but it's also just um to to witness especially something like ghost rider but To witness like people watching all the Spider Man three stuff happening mm. right now to to yeah. say that you were there to see that yeah. when you're watching that film and I think that's a cool experience yeah I really oh, it was amazing
0: amazing and I I think that's really the only time I can say oh yeah I was there when they shot that you know yeah. but it's uh wow. quite quite yeah it's quite just weird just to be on that set and just see how it all works just and it's just something as trivial as Ghost Rider coming down a building as a spotlight and it's over like three <laughs> hours just the process of making that happen is insane. But yeah, so there's crazy. my little ghostwriter story that I'd forgotten about <laughs> until this very moment. That's um, crazy. But there you go. Um, we have got a big show today. We're going to talk about, um, of course, as I said you are you're the expert in all things new films. You're an expert in the award ceremony awards ceremonies, and all that. You do incredible coverage around Oscars season, around award Thank season. You. Um, I love the stuff that you that you do sort of around this time of year. It's wonderful. Which again is why I've got you on to talk uh, talk with me today. Um, of course, we've just had the Golden Globes nominations. We've had the SAG Award nominations as well. Been a bit of controversy, kind of arise from both of them, particularly the Golden Globes. Um, so we will talk about that um, just in a moment, and we'll get into all that. And there's some other there's like tiny bits and pieces of news um, from the week, mostly Marvel stuff, go figure. Um, and we'll just kind of touch on, that, uh, on all of that today as well. Uh, but first up, we do have to address this, as has just happened, within the last few hours I woke up to this news this morning. It's like 10 a.m. here in Australia. But I woke up to this news, and it was obvious—the uh, sad news that uh, mm. celebrated actor Christopher Plummer has uh, passed away at the age of 91. Uh, died peacefully at his own, uh, at his home. Um, wonderful, wonderful actor. He's had a career over 75 years. 75 year career. Jeez. Looked on IMDb, 217 credits to his name across television oh, okay. and film in that time. Just a few of the films that that he's been in. Over the years, if you're not too familiar with his body of work, um, if you're listening out there, I'm sure you are though, because this guy's a titan of the screen. Sound of Music, Captain Von Trapp, of course. Battle of Britain, Mm -hmm. Waterloo, The Man Who Would Be King, Fall of the Roman Empire, Hanover Street, Somewhere in Time, Malcolm X, 12 Monkeys, A Beautiful Mind, Inside Man, National Treasure, another great with Nick Cage. Uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the remake, of course. Um, Man Who Invented Christmas. All the money in the world, which is the film that he stepped in uh, stepped in for when Kevin Spacey got yes. the boot. Um, Knives Out, which was just a terrific, terrific movie. All of these are great films. And uh, for my animation fans out there, he did a bit of work in animation as well. He did um, uh, voice work in uh, Don Bluth's Rockadoodle. Doodle. And uh, in An American Tale, which was the one done for Amblin, Steven Spielberg, um, yeah, he was in that one. Yes. Um he, cool. he was the narrator in the Madeline TV series, Madeline. Did you ever watch – did you get that? What? Yeah, he was the nar- – I, I didn't, didn't realise that till this morning. He was the no. narrator in Madeline. Yeah. Like from the beginning. I, I was going through the list of IMDb and I was seeing wow. Madeline, Madeline goes to Paramount. I was like – Really? And you go, why, right down, your yeah, Madeline the Series, Madeline the New Adventures or whatever it is. Yeah, he, he was the narrator in that show. How crazy is that? He was, of course, Charles Muntz in Up, Pixar's Up, and he was oh. just working on um, an animated film, his final production. It was called Heroes of the Golden Masks, uh, which is a film that's in production at the moment as well. So just an incredible breadth of a career. Again, as I said, one of the absolute Titans of the screen. And it feels like we're losing the remaining ones really quickly at the moment. Um, Christopher Plummer, what a guy, what's your favorite. What if you, if you can even pinpoint like a favorite Christopher Plummer performance.
1: I mean, you mentioned in beautiful minds, mm. uh, you mentioned some of his old classic yeah. and incredible, the insider, mm. you know, these roles that just really established to find out, some of his animation roles it's it's funny you watch some of these animated films mm. you don't even realize that there's a a huge star presence yeah. right as uh-huh. the narrator in that uh. situation but uh i think what really impresses me is at his age more yeah. recently of course stepping in for spacey but yeah his performance in knives oh, out you yeah. have to think Ugh. to to give the emotional performance that he gave at that age mm. and to stand out amongst a crowd that big yeah is really, really impressive, oh, man. Absolutely. And obviously you mentioned Up, and it's funny mm. because that may be one of my favorites of his yeah. is, is the character of so uh, is what, Charles Muntz, yeah. I believe is his name. Yeah, Man, I mean, what a well-rounded, phenomenal actor, mm. a wonderful life, 75 years, a career yeah. uh, that spans multiple generations and uh, a, a guy whose presence is going to be missed big time in Hollywood.
0: Oh, absolutely. And like you said, just, just one of those guys that just kept working, and, you know, yeah. you get people these days, we talk Nick Cage, we talk Bruce Willis who are, who are still <laughs> doing movies just constantly for the paycheck and you know they're just there for the paycheck, they're just getting that yeah. money, they're just going through the rhythms. Particularly Bruce Willis, There was a tra- I don't know if you saw the trailer for that, I can't remember what it's called, <laughs> some really weird sci-fi film. It just looks awful. He's just mumbling his, his yeah. way through his lines and just looks like he doesn't want to mm. be there. But you get someone like Chris Plummer who has been in the game for 75 years and still pumping out incredible performances at 90 yes. years old, you know, he's working knives out, as you said, absolutely phenomenal. And at some of his best work of his career came in his, you know, last decade, last couple of decades. Of, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. And it's, these, and I feel like all the, the, the actors from that generation, particularly, I mean, you, not to disparage anyone acting now because, you know, you've they got so many people who are just upcoming or who are not even at the end of their career yet, but then you do pinpoint people like Bruce Willis or Nick Cage who mm. feel like they're going through the rhythm. This particular age, this era of these actors like Christopher Plummer and um, uh, uh, Kirk Douglas, who we lost recently as well, and they're yes. just constantly going. I mean, uh, Kirk Douglas obviously stepped out a, a while ago with health, health problems and stuff, but he's... Um, you know, just that generation of actors that were still going at ninety years old and Pummy out just incredible performances. You just gotta really admire that. And even like looking back as far as Sound of Music, Fall of the Roman Empire, these big classic epic films. Mm. Ah, and just to be just going constantly. Seventy-five years. And an Oscar
1: nominated performance in twenty seventeen and all the yeah. way in the world. Oscar nominated yeah. stepping in. Yeah in a role that wasn't even necessarily yeah. meant for yeah. that kind of character. Man, what, yeah. what an achievement Insane. that is. Just phenomenal at his
0: age. Didn't they reshoot that in like four weeks or something like really yeah. crazy? Yeah, and then bloody Oscar nomination. He was he was incredible in that film.
1: Yes, he was. To just
0: step yes, into was. the boots of someone and go, yeah, I've got this. I'm 90-something, I'm 80, like <laughs> late 80s, and going, yeah, I've got this. Man, wow. what a legend. And, uh, yeah, we've lost him. Unfortunately, there's another – It's another legend we've lost, um, but he's left, as I said, an incredible body of work behind him. And go and check out some of his his works out there, guys, if you haven't seen, particularly some of his older stuff. um, Because I feel like a lot of his older films, while there's a lot of big epics in there, there's a lot of stuff that kind of gets buried. Have you seen Waterloo? This is one I only just watched recently.
1: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yes. And, man, you talk about range. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I just... Yeah, yeah. I, wh- I think I saw that my first year in college Yeah, and I think I saw it because of a film class, mm. if I'm remembering correctly and just, man, we lost a legend today. Mm. I mean, just, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Very sad. <laughs> Very sad. Uh, just thought, yeah, we'd, we'd bring that up at the beginning of the show. Um, just to pay our respects to the great man. Great, great stuff. Yes. yes. At that, we will, um, Let's dive into the Golden Globe stuff first of all. Now, this has been a very controversial year. Like now, now I said to you before, the, the, before we started the podcast, I am someone who I feel like is always really far behind on newer releases um, and whether that's because we tend to get a lot of, especially like the smaller independent stuff, we get very late here in Australia. Mm. So we might yeah. get six to 12 months later than the States. So I don't get to see a lot of this stuff. Like I probably could have had the chance to do the Sundance thing myself. But as I said, the kind of views that I get on my channel wouldn't be worth me spending, you know, a whole week doing that kind Mm. of stuff away from my other, other things. Um, So whether it's, you know, I, I, that I don't have the chance to say it or I just get lazy and don't go to cinema. I have too much other stuff to do. I've I've just, I always feel like I'm far behind on the newest stuff, but you are ahead (laughs) of the game on absolutely everything. You cover everything, so I wanted to get your and as I said, your your um your coverage of award season is just first class. It's un it's unmatched. So I wanted to just kind of get you in and talk about all this. Um, it's been very controversial as I said this year. F- first off, what are your thoughts on the Golden Globes as a whole? Like just in general, I feel like for those out there who don't know, the Golden Globes are accolades bestowed. This is from their website: the Golden Globes awards are accolades bestowed by the ninety three members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Uh, they started in January 1944, and they recognise excellence in film, both American and international, and American television as well. Um, over the years, the Golden Globes have had a bit of a, a bad rap as kind of like the joke award ceremony. The ones that aren't so, uh, you know, t- no one really takes them as serious as the rest. What you, what's your kind of take on the on the Golden Globes?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because. While I, you know, I'm a big awards ceremony. I'm a, I'm a sports fan, right? I like yeah. competition, and mm-hmm. you know, my favorite thing in the world, movies, other than my wife and my dog, movies. <laughs> um, you know, to see them go head to head and compete against each other in a bunch of different categories is awesome. Yeah. So I'm watching the Golden Globes. I'm reacting. I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. But at the same time, you look at the very small body of voters, and the fact that you know something like. Critics' Choice, you get thousands mm. of people. Uh, the SAG Awards, you get thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. And then the Oscars, very well-rounded. And they, they've made an effort to make it even more well-rounded over the yeah. last couple of years, mm-hmm. which I love. I think that's great. Uh, but for the Golden Globes, you know, it's just a very small selection. And they tend to make decisions that don't, that don't sit well with me. And yeah. I know in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I'm a guy on YouTube, right? But, you know, to see a movie like Minari be considered a foreign film yeah. when the movie takes place in the United States and was shot in the United States. To me, that's strange. Yeah. Right. And and some of these decisions. And and then we'll talk about the nomination. Mm. And it happens every single mm-hmm. year. And at a point you're just kind of like, is, it, mm, is this is part of this a joke? Is somebody yeah. messing with me right yeah. now? So I still, I still, you know, root for who I root for. And, mm-hmm. and most of the time you get the winners that should yeah, yeah. win, uh, but in terms of the nominations, they're not yeah. always up to par.
0: In yeah. my opinion, well, it is obviously a, a prestigious award to win. It is a prestigious, um, a, a yeah. prestigious yeah. ceremony and all that. But as you said, some of the nominations are just... and it, it is it, almost every year just really baffling. Like this is the award <laughs> ceremony that notoriously nominated The Martian for best motion picture comedy. Comedy, <laughs> <laughs> like what? And it's almost, it's like a recurring thing with this awards ceremony. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like I want to give we want to give a, nom- a nomination to this film, but there's too many already in the drama category. So let's just shove it into the comedy category, kind of thing. It's almost like yes. it's That's almost exactly like it. like how are you making your decision sort of thing? And there is a, a big number. You mentioned one already with Minari in the foreign foreign language film, mm. um, category, but there's quite a few. Just very very baffling things. A lot of snubs this year. A lot of big snubs yeah. this year as well. Um, let's just, let's roll through them. Let's roll through them and kind of go one by one. What our thoughts are on these Uh, keeping in mind, again, I have seen very few of the things that are up for nomination here. So I'm going to do my best to kind of give my thoughts on what I have seen and just kind of a semi-educated guess on other things. Um, So we'll start off. I'm on just on the website. So we'll go from the top here. The best, uh, best picture drama. nominated this year uh, was the father mank nomad land, and promising young woman, uh, oh, and the trial of the Chicago Seven. Out of all five of those, I've seen one, which is the trial of Chicago mm-hmm. Seven. I've not had okay. the time to see Mank. I'm dying to see it. I just haven't had the time. Promising young woman, yes. I am dying to see as well. Um, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on there? So, there are these good nominations. Are there any snubs here in your in your eyes?
1: Yeah, I uh, promising young woman getting on there was not you know, completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. I, I thought maybe, you know, Five bloods or, or some of these films kind yeah. of chomping at the bit, but overall, Dave, this is probably the best group of nominees we're going to mm. see, because yeah. I think all five of these movies, especially Dave, when the father comes out, mm-hmm. make an effort. That film yeah. has climbed and climbed up my list. Uh, just yeah. thinking about it and then watching yeah. it again, but some great movies here. And honestly, uh, I think all five of, five of these now, promising young woman. It was on the edge. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could have, I could have used maybe a minari in there, but I think now all five of these are going to get nominated for best picture. So it's a pretty yeah. good
0: category. Awesome, yeah. Well, No Nomad Land uh, is opening here, and it, I'm not sure if it's open here already. They did like a preview season for that in December, like did like a two week okay. preview, and then I think it's opening in maybe this month. I think so. I will, okay. I will hopefully get a chance to go and see that one. I know Disney distributing job. that over here um so yeah but i from what i know about these films i think they're good uh nominations i ha- i watched the five bloods which i thought was great and yes. i i also thought that was a very strange you're wearing the hat of course yeah <laughs> um i i thought that was a very strange admission there too did that get snubbed completely at the globes almost completely uh
1: i believe i know Chadwick got the SAG, which we'll talk about. Yeah. I think it may have. I think, I think it may so. have got. We'll we'll see as we go. Yeah. But yeah, man, the Five the Bloods no love.
0: I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I read it just got completely, completely snubbed, yeah. which is very strange. strange. Um, best <laughs> Best Picture Musical Comedy. I've seen a number of these. i have got Borat subsequent movie film Hamilton, yes. which was the film yes. stage production music. See as See as music, huh? Um, Palm Springs, which I thought was. Terrific, Phenomenal. and the prom. Yes. What well, yeah. What are our takes on um, me personally? Borat, fantastic. I just thought it was Good. just. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of yeah. Sasha Barrett. I'm a huge fan of Borat. The way he pushes the boundaries is just insane. Palm it, Springs, man, was just. Mm. Oh, I didn't know what to expect okay. going into that, and it just completely blew me away. Um, yeah. For Hamilton to get nominated in this is very strange. Obviously, Disney's going to be pushing real hard for any nominations they can get. Yeah. But to me, it doesn't feel like a movie. It feels it was a film stage production that was yeah. just filmed for the sake of filming it and maybe releasing it one day. So that feels like a very strange omission there. And then we've got Sia's Music, which is all kinds of controversial, and The Prom, which I haven't seen because... It doesn't look great, but I, I, I don't know. It's just my, my opinion on it. How? What are your thoughts on, on these nominations here?
1: Well, uh, so the Hamilton thing, I, I'm with you. Yeah. The, it's being considered a... Television movie and a lot of other award ceremonies, Mm -hmm. which is what I kind of considered it. Now that's not a knock. It is, I think, it received the highest grade of anything I watched Mm -hmm. last year. So (laughs) clearly (laughs) not a knock. I just don't really see it as a as a movie. I agree. Can I ask you a question, Dave? What is music?
0: (sighs) This is a film (laughs) made by Sia, of course, Australian art. Are you what you'd be a you'd know Sia? I know Ushia. she, uh, I, I
1: know her music. Yeah. I, I know, I thought I knew everything about movies, Dave. And I'll tell you what, when this came up, yeah. I had no clue yeah. what this
0: was. Now this is, I don't know if it's opened here. They've done preview screenings. I chose not to go and see it. I yeah. used to be a fan of C. I I used to really love her music. Then I went and saw one of her concerts. Mm. It was the worst concert I ever went to in my life. Wow. Um, she is um she's a artist more than anything else mm-hmm. so she's very everything she does is very artistic whether it's her music clips or just straight down to her her stage shows it was like going to see mm-hmm. a piece of art performance and uh, she's a performer who likes to cover her face she always wears like the big wigs and all that kind of stuff and you never really get to see her yeah. face or anything so her her concert was literally her standing in the corner of a stage and keep in mind this is in a big stadium like a huge sports stadium. She's standing in the corner of the stage. There's pretty much nothing on the stage, like an empty stage. She's standing in the corner with a microphone, comes out, doesn't say hello to the crowd, just starts singing. Mm. And she's got dancers up on the stage. You've got videos, screens, playing video, but it's pre-recorded versions of what's happening on stage. Hmm. Now, artistically, very clever, but it's not what I was expecting out of a concert. Yeah. Yeah. she literally stood in the corner of the stage for an hour it was a very short concert like an hour and a half didn't see obviously you don't see her face she got the mar she got the the wig she came out doesn't doesn't dress the audience once and sung a bunch of stuff and then left so for yeah. all I know it might not have been her it might have been a star like I'm sure it was her but you just you just don't know you know it's one of those things yeah. where I could be just standing and seeing some random with a wig right. So that's how I feel about Sia anyway, but I think her music's, I think her mu- music's quite good. But this is this is a movie that she's made. Again, I don't know too much about it, but I believe it's a, about a, a young autistic girl and the film is supposed to be about um, sort of like a visualization of what it's like to be um, you know, a, a autistic person. And she's of course cast someone who isn't autistic in the lead yeah. role, which is where a lot of the big controversies come from. Um, mm-hmm. And everything I've heard about this movie says it's it's just awful. And whether it's the controversial side of it or whether it's just as a movie itself, that's, that's Sia's music, really, including a rant yeah. from myself about her concert, which was terrible. Um, but, yeah, so I was very surprised as well because this is something that I hadn't heard of outside of all of the um, controversy. Yeah. And to sweep in, and we'll see. It's been nominated quite a few times.
1: <laughs> I've never been so baffled, Dave, and and I felt so bad in my video that I made. I, I'm just like, guys, I, I don't. I've never been in that situation before where I had just straight up never heard of something, and now that I'm seeing the controversy, mm. maybe I have slid past it. I try to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, just like if I see controversial things, okay. And then I'll look at, into it on my own time and yeah. not necessarily respond to it. Yeah. And, you know, after looking into it, I, I think some of the criticisms are valid. And, mm, sure. you know, I, I'm not necessarily intrigued, especially after seeing the scores from everybody yeah. to watch this film. So where does, where does something like this come from? Is it just mm. a
0: lack of comedies
1: from last year? Because even a movie like Freak, yeah.
0: I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I've heard great things about it. Um yeah, I, just I just watched I've just watched two Vince Vaughn movies the last couple of days. Um uh oh dragged Across Concrete and Brawl in oh. Cell Block 99. Man. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Holy shit.
1: Oh. Dude, <laughs> new world opened up, man. <laughs> I know.
0: I am not one. I am not one for like blood and gore and slasher films and stuff like that. But these yeah. two films like whole like the most brutal brutally, graphically violent films I've ever seen in my yes. life and I've loved every moment of it, man. And oh, he is incredible yeah. in those movies, Vince Vaughn. So I'm dying to is- see what he does with Freaky. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Um. But, yeah, so that's – I feel like you're right. Maybe it's almost like we've got a couple of comedies in here. Let's add something else. Oh, let's just add a couple of music things. Again, I feel like maybe yeah. that's where they came from with Hamilton – Again, it's called music. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, yeah, exactly right. Nominate music for music. Why not? (laughs) Yeah, Um, Hamilton was great. I thought Hamilton was amazing. This was my first experience with anything Hamilton, and I was obsessed with it. I watched it a number of times. Fantastic. But again, it is a recording of a Broadway production from a number of years ago that was simply recorded because Lin Manuel was like. Maybe we'll release it one day. Maybe we'll sell it off one day and someone will buy it and yes. just release it as whatever or a DVD or something. And then it went up on Disney Plus and now it's apparently a, a movie. Um, again, yeah. I don't want to disparage it, but it does. It just feels weird. It's, it would I almost be like, and I've, I've heard Disney is doing this, they're prepping a version of the Aladdin Broadway show to go on Disney Plus. So it would feel, I was going to say, it would feel like if they filmed Aladdin, the, the Broadway show, and then put that in one of these nominations, yeah. but I feel like that might uh, actually happen <laughs> Yeah, you know, in a year or two. So well, what are your thoughts on the prom? I don't really know too much about this one.
1: It's okay. You know, it, it's not a film that necessarily strikes me. Ryan Murphy's name is attached to it. And yeah. normally when his name is attached, we see these kinds of nominations. He has a very distinct visual style yeah. that I like. Um, the movie To me, it was fun, entertaining, does not feel like an awards film. Uh, But again, I think it's honestly just a lack of films in this category. Mm -hmm. Not that it doesn't deserve it. I still gave it a fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes. But, uh, you know, it's not one that I was writing home about at the end of the day. I'll say that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Let's go to the next category, which is um, Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama. Again, I've Mm. seen one of these films. Uh, We've got Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom which is the one I have seen. Um, Andra Day from United States vs. Billie Holiday. Vanessa Kirby mm-hmm. from Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand from Nomadland. And Carrie, uh, Carrie Mulligan from Promising Young Woman. Um, yeah. Viola Davis was just terrific in that. I wasn't a huge fan of the film itself. I just feel like okay. these movies that are like straight adaptation, like almost like st- it's, it's a play, obviously, an adaptation of a play – And it just feels very theatrical to me. That that kind of thing doesn't really work for me. I wasn't a huge fan Mm -hmm. of Fences either. But the performances in that movie, man, were just absolute first class. Whether it's by Davis or Chadwick Boseman or really any of the supporting cast, incredible. Um, I'm a huge fan of Carrie Mulligan, man. I've just... I am such a Carrie Mulligan stan I have been for such a long time. To see her getting so much just incredible praise and spotlight this year has been amazing and I don't know why I haven't seen Promising Young Woman yet, but I'm dying to see it. And I just – Frances McDormand is incredible. Vanessa Kirby is incredible. I can't say I'm too yeah. familiar with Andra Day, um, but this is a powerhouse selection of incredible actresses here. What are your thoughts on this category?
1: I love it. I so four out of the five, I, I think are locks for a best mm-hmm. uh, uh, best actress nomination at the Oscars. Andre, she surprised me because the United States versus Billie Holiday is not the film I think everybody expects it to be. Mm. A lot of people see that as maybe an awards contender. I've seen it. I don't think that's the case. But her performance was mesmerizing. So I could see I personally would have said Zendaya,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's not a movie. It's it may yeah. go over well with some critics. I could, I could see why. Uh, just kind of the, the way the movie plays out and how they're kind of talking about critics in the movie yeah. okay <laughs> so I can see that. um so uh, you know that kind of who's going to get that fifth spot but the other four Dave I mm. mean just across the board maybe one of the strongest we're gonna see in terms of overall because out of I, I can't tell you who's going to win Dave mm. I mean I could make a strong argument for every single person in this category yeah. Carrie mulligan crushes it McDorman was the front runner for so long viola davis is a yeah. powerhouse in that mm. film vanessa kirby may even be my personal favorite just because of what she had to do with that movie but all yeah. four um i i think are 100 deserving of being on this list
0: yeah i i think so too i just again haven't seen many of the films but just knowing what their performances are like seeing clips and stuff yeah. amazing i'm a huge fan of the crown I'm like a, I love the Crown, man, and Vanessa Kirby, so and that was just terrific. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mm. I'm. I look, I have to get to these movies, man. I'm bloody doing a movie podcast. I know, it's there's so, so much, much stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see how that kind of um, that one pans out. Actually, I was going to say at the beginning, the Golden Globes. We say as much as they're kind of like a jokey kind of thing. There's a lot, you know, we laugh yeah. about them, whatever. They do very much give us an idea of where award season is going to go, particularly Absolutely. in the lead up to the Oscars.
1: There is, you know, I mean, there are obviously a mixture of Critics' Choice Awards and SAG mm. Awards and this and that, but when, when the Golden Globes, you know, we'll talk about Jared Leto here in just a little bit, yeah. uh, but when they sneak in these random nominations, that's what we like to call, picking up steam yeah. in the Oscar race. Yeah. And we're seeing that with Jared Leto. And where did it all start? Well, it was the Golden Globes. Yeah. And, uh, man, we see that I, I think pretty much every year for the last 10 years we've seen one or two of these mm. nominees just yeah. start rolling yeah. with the Golden Globes. Mm. And it happens
0: every year. Yeah, it's insane. And I, I feel like a lot of people don't quite understand about these um, award ceremonies or just have never, you know, kind of stumbled across the information is that, they're all lobbied for by the studio. In most cases, it's not just a board of people going, oh, we like that movie, we like this actor, we like this actress, we like whatever. The studios put millions of dollars into pushing their films and pushing their actors. There you go, you're wearing the swag. They send you big swag boxes of stuff (laughs) for your consideration. And big press ads in like Hollywood Reporter and Variety and all that kind of stuff is a massive push from the studios. And a company like Disney will just... Millions and millions of dollars to just <laughs> get a nomination for something. Yeah. Um. So yeah. again, every now and then you do get someone who just slides on in there, and you kind of think, "Well, what's the studio done, kind of behind the scenes?" You know, we're not privy to a lot of it, but <laughs> that is there's a lot of pol- uh, politics kind of involved in in these things. It's not yes, so much. That was a great absolutely. film. That was a great actor. You know, talking yeah. about actors, best actor in a motion picture, uh, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. I saw that one. Very, very good. Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, of course. Uh, Anthony Hopkins in The Father. Gary Oldman in Mank. And Taha Rahim in. I want to pronounce this correctly. The Mauritanian is that correct? Yes. Mauritanian, yeah. Uh, Again, and in just powerhouse collection of actors right here. You've got the great Anthony Hopkins right there. Gary Oldman, Chadwick Boseman, the man, our king. He is up. Mm. Oh, man. And Riz Ahmed is a guy who has come through recently and just absolutely blown away everything he's done. I watched, yeah. what was that series he did for HBO? Um, the Night Before? Was that was that the one that he was in? Yes. Oh, yes. incredible, yes. incredible stuff. Very good. Amazing. Very, very good. I'm not too familiar with Taha Rahim, I will say, uh, but I'm sure he is as if he's in a league with these guys here, I'm sure he's a powerhouse mm-hmm. as well. Out of the two that I the two films that I have seen, I want Chadwick to win this because I love the guy. He again he's our king. He is an nice. absolute legend. But Riz Ahmed was incredible in Sound of Metal as well. It's is very tough. Where do you stand on this category?
1: Oh, it's so stacked. It's so stacked. Now uh the Mauritanian did surprise me with that nomination he's very very good in the film i think again the lack of defy bloods delroy lindo i, I mm, was yeah. very surprised oh yeah this man is, yeah man really starting to get me nervous yeah. about the oscars and we even saw with the sag awards which we'll talk about mm-hmm. uh Stephen yun i believe it's uh, a yeah. yin yun uh slip in above delroy so not a lot of love there but in terms of Martini, really good. I'd yeah. say the four there: Riz, Chadwick, Anthony, Gary. I yeah. think Gary's a lock at this point for the Oscars. This mm. points to that. Yeah. I, my heart wants Chadwick. Honestly, my yeah. heart kind of wants Chadwick or Riz, yeah. um, because it's like you look at Anthony Hopkins. It's like, oh, he's been there, yeah. he's done that, he's won the yeah. awards. But Dave, the father, is outstanding. I have to say. it yeah. is. I mean, to live, you're basically living a life. Seeing everything from his perspective through a man with dementia who can't remember where he is and and, and who is around him. And what a heartbreaking, heartbreaking film. And and just to see that performance, it could go either way with with Chadwick or Anthony. Mm -hmm. It's according on which one starts to pick up steam. I still think Chadwick's going to win it, but Anthony Hopkins be on the lookout for him this Oscar season.
0: You got me excited for that movie. I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely fast tracking that as soon as I can get a chance to see it. Definitely. But, yeah, you mentioned Delroy Lindo, The Five Bloods. Man, his performance in that yeah. film is just outstanding, and it baffles me oh, now yes. that you mention it, that he is not in there. Like I said, that movie just got so snubbed in this. We talked about The Five Bloods last week. I thought it was a really great movie. I didn't love it, completely love it, but mm-hmm. I thought it was incredible, incredible film, yes. and a lot of that film rides on – on Dalroy Lindo's performance in that movie. To see him snubbed here is just... I think I even wrote in my Letterboxd review all the awards to Dalroy Lindo and to see him not even (laughs) nominated, it's just like, man, it's stuff like that. It just really baffles you. All right, so let's go on to page two. We've got Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy. Uh, We've got Maria uh, uh, Bakalova from Borat, Subsequent Movie movie Film. Kate Hudson from Sears Music. Michelle Pfeiffer from French Exit. Rosamund Pike, I Care A Lot, and Anya Taylor-Joy from Emma. Now, I have seen Borat and I've seen Emma as well. Mm. Out of those two, Matt, I just want Maria Bakalova to take this award because she was outstanding in that film. For someone to be in a film with Sasha Baron Cohen and outdo him at his own game, she was game to do (laughs) anything that he was up for doing. To see someone from out of nowhere, really, come in and just stand him up in his own film i, mean, I think she just deserves deserves it all deserves all the praise yeah. it. i'm so happy she's at least been nominated here um anya taylor joy though as well man i just think she is incredible i'm again i'm a huge fan of emma it's a film that i feel like i want to go back and watch because i feel like i didn't absorb it all properly at the time, mm-hmm. I feel like there's more in there to unpack. I enjoyed it, but I feel like there's kind of more to it. But she was amazing in that, and she was incredible in uh, The Queen's Gambit um, on, on Netflix, man. I'm, be- I'm yeah. becoming such a big fan of hers as well. Um, we've got Michelle Pfeiffer, Ro- Rosamund Pike, it great as well. Kate Hudson is fantastic, but she's in there for Sears Music, and that is really a big um, uh, controversy as well here. That's one of the mm. big things that people are saying, Really? What are you? What are your takes on yeah. this?
1: Yeah, this one's. Uh, this one's. I, I don't want to say difficult because you know I didn't see music. French Exit is not a movie that I responded to. Yeah, um, I care a lot. Was a little random. I, I could see Rosamund Pike. Uh, to me, like you, it is Anya Taylor Joy. Mm. It, it, it is Maria from Bora, and I, I think um, I, I think you're going to see Maria take this. I hope so. I, and, I, and I think it could, Dave. We could see an Oscar nomination for. Born. Oh,
0: man, that is the life. That wow. is the life I've been living towards, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was that, like, 13-year-old walking around high school wearing a Borat T-shirt and doing stupid Borat impersonations <laughs> to see Borat going up for an Oscar. Man.
1: Wow. Amazing. Crazy.
0: Amazing. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that is a, that's a very interesting category. There's some powerhouse performers in mm-hmm. there, and they've got uh, Maria Bakalova, another powerhouse performer. It's come out of absolutely nowhere and done this silly little film, Man, I hope she takes it. I really do. do As much as I love all the other performers there, I just, she deserves it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy. We've got Sasha Baron for Borat, of course. James Corden for The Prom. Lin-Manuel Miranda, Mm -hmm. Hamilton. Dev Patel, Personal History of uh, David Copperfield. And Andy Samberg in Palm Springs. Now, again, I've seen three of these. That's the most Mm. I've seen out of any of these so far. Sasha Baron... Terrific, but I'm not sure if he'll win an award for it. James Corden I'm just not a fan of. I'm not really a huge fan of James Corden. I can take him or leave him. Lin-Manuel is incredible, but I feel like it would be weird for what is essentially a Broadway performance. It's not a performance that was done for a film to take out a a Golden Mm -hmm. Globe over people who were, again, not taking away from his work because his work is stellar and incredible and he puts as much into his work as anyone else in this category. But it feels again, this whole Hamilton thing just feels like a different thing. It just to me doesn't feel like it it doesn't stack up with these other films. Just, to, it, just it doesn't my brain can't comprehend it because it's a Broadway production, you know. Um, but he's incredible. He's amazing in that. Dev Patel, I haven't seen personal history of David Copperfield, but I love him. I think he's amazing. And AD Sandberg in Palm Springs. Out of the ones that I've watched, I like his hands down, Andy Samberg. And this is, again, someone I've been on and off again over the years. I love some of his mm. stuff. I really don't like some of his stuff. I loved Palm Springs, man. This was one of the best films of last year. Um, hands down, It just completely blindsided. I had no idea what this movie was about going into it. And it's just one of those movies that you just watch and you are aware that you are watching something special at the time and you're like, man, I am loving this. I can see that you're getting real hyped up for Andy Sandberg here as well. Take it home, yeah. Andy.
1: Come on. Take it home. A- yeah. And I'm with you with with Hamilton. You know, Lynn Manuel, honestly, if you were to ask me, I would actually say David Diggs or Leslie Odom Jr.'s performances yeah. in that yeah. uh are maybe even a bit a bit better yeah. than Lynn Manuel. But yeah. I-, I understand. The big snub for me here, Dave. Have you have you seen another round with Mads Mikkelsen yet?
0: Oh no, no. It's only just. I don't think it's opened here. I think they're doing preview screenings for that at the moment. Okay. Or maybe it's just open this week. Yeah.
1: I will tell you this. It is my number two movie Ooh. of 2020. Oh, number two. My yeah. my three were Soul, mm-hmm. Another Round, Palm Springs. Wow. It's my top three. Right. And Mikkelsen comes alive in a way that you've never seen because, you know, usually he's kind of a stoic. He's the, mm-hmm. he's the villainous character. He's yep. got the, uh, the impact when he walks into a room, but here, you know, a little bit stingy, but there's a scene in this film, man, that I think has Oscars written all over it. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people are talking about him. Yeah. Now I think a lot of critics are, are talking, you know, why isn't Mickelson being uh, talked about a bit more, but to nominate James Corden yeah. over, over Mickelson yeah. to me, just, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't
0: know, Dave yeah, it's strange. I don't and I, I don't uh, know. Like I said, the stuff I've heard about the prom is that it's not terrific. It's not like a huge caliber film. It's just one of those. It's all right. And I great story. Yeah, but- it's just yeah. one of those. I don't know. It do, that does feel weird for me to see. But it is even weird to see Sacha Baron Cohen there as well. As is incredible <laughs> as his performance is in there, it is just weird to see Borat. Yeah. you know, going up in one of these, I love it, Awards. but it's so weird. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, for me it's Andy Samberg, hands down, because that film was just amazing, absolutely incredible.
1: Agreed, agreed,
0: yeah. yes. Best Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture. Uh, let's see, I have not seen any of these films. So we've got Glenn Close in Hillbilly Allergy, which has been a bit of a controversial, well, not really controversial film, but one that's, you know, Give or take, mm. uh, Olivia Coleman for the father, Jodie Foster in the Mauritanian, Amanda Seyfried from Mank, and Helena Zengel from News of the World, yeah. which is that one with Tom Hanks, mm. right? Which is still yeah. it's supposed to go on Netflix here, but they haven't announced when. I think it'll just kind of mm. just drop. They'll be like, it's out tomorrow, and as soon as that <laughs> drops, I am watching it, man. I am there for Tom Hanks. Any Tom Hanks movie, yes. I am there for, man. Um, these are all incredible performers. I think Olivia Coleman is. Oh, it's just amazing! Everything she has done the last few years is just amazing. I love Amanda Seyfried, Jodie Foster. I oh, think all of these are fantastic. I don't again. I haven't seen News of the World, so I'm not familiar with Helena Zengel. But it's amazing for someone so young to be up against. Imagine being that young and going up yeah. against Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman, Jodie Foster, <laughs> Amanda Seyfried. Like it's it's baffling. It's
1: tough week. Yeah. yeah,
0: I I could see the glint in your eyes when I mentioned Olivia Coleman here.
1: My choice yeah. i mean again i just feel like i'm i'm the guy rooting for the father actually you know i i have moved the father up my list i i didn't originally have it in my top five mm. but again it's just one of those films i believe it was chris stuckman's favorite movie of last year right. if i'm not wrong which i saw that and i was like yes <laughs> uh but uh olivia coleman i think deserves this but i don't think she's going to win it mm. i think glenn close could win this yeah um a lot of a lot of people backing her right now a yeah. lot of uh, you know it, it talk of glenn close i did not love the movie yeah but her performance is absolutely outstanding i think there are some snubs here uh ellen burstin mm-hmm. from pieces of a woman yep. was phenomenal uh yu Yoo jung Yoon from minari played the grandmother yep outstanding outstanding so you know some big time and i i don't think that's going to ruin their oscar chances just because i don't see jodie foster i don't see yeah oh well helena zingle she got the sag she got the sag so she's kind of surging so again man this this is one of those award shows that could kind of shake up the conversation but right now i'm between close and coleman i'm going to choose close to win
0: yeah
1: coleman is my favorite right
0: now beautiful beautiful i love it now we've got best supporting actor in a motion picture We've got Mr. Sasha Baron Cohen is back, but this time it's not for yeah. Borat. It's the trial of the Chicago Seven, which I've Ooh, seen. Yeah. Terrific, man! Two two Golden Globes for Sasha Baron. How wow. good is that? Uh, Daniel uh, Kaluuya going up for Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm dying to see it. Hasn't opened yet here. Haven't had any screenings or anything. I'm dying for that one. Jared Leto for the Little Things, which I'm sure we'll talk about and we'll unpack that one. Um, Bill Murray for On the Rocks. That was was that that Apple that film that went to Apple. Yes. yes, I still haven't got good, to that yet good, really but it good looks performance. fantastic. It's nice to
1: nice to see him uh, kind of make a little bit of a resurgence here so yeah
0: yeah, for sure. Um, and then Leslie Odom jr. for one night in Miami, which I was gonna watch, but my Amazon Prime uh, membership thing ran out. I'm gonna re- renew it again <laughs> when when um, um coming to America comes out coming to America. so I'll renew it for that and I'll definitely be watching one night in Miami um when I renew it. But um, out of these, I have seen Trials of Chicago 7. I saw The Little Things like three or four nights ago. Um, I haven't seen any others here. What are your thoughts here? This is one of the most controversial uh, (laughs) categories for this year's Golden Globes.
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) this one was weird. (laughs) I'll tell you. Uh, You know, it's just so strange. And I and and I had someone on Twitter say, "I see you don't like Jared Leto. He's a good actor. I love Jared Leto. Mm. We're not talking about Jared Leto yeah. as an actor. We're talking about Jared Leto in the little things." Mm. And I didn't respond to that movie all that much. And yeah. That's fine. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's the performance, right? Yeah. I don't even think he's the second best performance in that film. Mm. It's it's strange to me, and it's a good performance. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But we are separating good performance from an awards worthy performance. And there are a vast majority of individuals that I just, I thought a couple from Chicago seven, a couple from one night in Miami that I think deserved it over him. And I could not believe that he got in. Kaluuya is going to take it, mark it down, write it, send it in the mail. He's going to take it. He is a, this is one of the best performances I've seen in a long, long Mm. time. He's mesmerizing when he's on screen. But to see Jared Leto get in it and then get the SAG nomination, it's a yeah. thing, people.
0: Yeah. It's a thing, and it could yeah. happen with the Oscars. Yeah, um, I saw, as I said, I saw the little things a few nights ago. I thought it was okay. I'm a fan of like slow boiling crime dramas from the '90s, um, yeah. and whether yeah. that's because they're the movies I grew up with or whatever, I just I always haven't. You know, had, I, I love those kind of movies, so it worked yes. for me. I didn't love yes. it, but it worked for me. Jared okay. Leto, again, as you said, was a good performance, but I feel like it's more of a fun performance than, again, maybe something that's awards-worthy. Um, but I, the one thing I took away from that is that he, he feels like he's in a completely different film to anyone else. In, that. in fact, I think <laughs> the three leads almost feel like they're each acting in a different film than the other person. So it's kind of they all deliver fantastic performances, but they all just feel so vastly different that it's almost like even that that movie going up for the award is very strange. And Lato's mm. performance here is such a character-driven thing, but it's not anything we haven't seen before. It's nothing incredible, incredibly special. It's fun. It's exciting. But to put him up again instead of someone like Delroy Lindo or even... Mm. You know, another one for Chadwick Boseman or just any well, of these Yeah,
1: I'll I'll tell you this. You you saw Sound of Metal. How about Paul
0: Racy from oh, Sound of Metal? Oh man, yeah. Oh. Come gosh, on. Gosh, he was incredible. I, I don't think I'd ever seen him in anything before. I was thinking, who Me, is this guy? Either. Amazing. Yes. Incredible. Yeah, that was the big controversy, like saying, Why has he not gone up for this one? Like insane. Uh, but, know, you know, answer. it is what it is. It's <laughs> studios probably playing around in the background. we got Jared Leto. Push yeah. him out there. Push him out there. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes. And, again, yeah, Bill Murray looking forward to seeing On the Rocks. Yeah. It's just something I haven't got around to. I keep forgetting that I even have Apple TV because there's never anything on there that interests <laughs> me. I um, but I do want to watch that. Judas and the Black Messiah. Your quote, got you got a pull quote for that, didn't you, on one of the TV spots, one of the digital spots. I Amazing. Did. Good work. I
1: I thank you, man. I couldn't believe it. I, I actually, I always thought that studios would notify you of that kind of yeah. thing. And I had a bunch of people tag me and I was just like, well, what is this? Yeah, I was like, first I saw it. I'm like, who wrote this? And then I looked and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was me. <laughs> or or, or uh, that was me that, that I man, it's, it's cool. It really is cool. And it's not cool because, you know, Oh, Austin's got a big head. He likes yeah. it. It's cool because what we've worked towards exactly, my right. community, yeah. the, the the fans, man, flick fan nation, we yeah. just, You know, we just like to get ourselves out there and Mm. to take people like us, Dave, seriously. Mm. These YouTubers, man, man, you're getting you're getting to talk to Gal Gadot. You're getting to talk to Patty Jenkins, Dave. I mean, come on, man! What 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 a cool what a cool gig that we have, man! I I just I love. I love anytime I see you, you know, any any of my friends on YouTube get opportunities like that, man. It just makes mm. all of these things worth it at the end of oh, the day. I so totally I, I thought that was really cool, man. I totally I agree.
0: I had I, I had a couple for Disney last year, the pool quotes, and they did notify me. They sent me an email and they, <laughs> the, they gave me yeah. – they asked for my permission to use the quote. What? So then to hear, cool. to hear that you – they just did it without even telling you is so wild. And, I mean, I there was someone else who'd done <laughs> – uh, was it Griff Schiller? His uh, quote yes. um, for WandaVision was used in the WonderVision yes. and, and he didn't know either about that. He wasn't <laughs> notified. So how weird to just like, it's just another yeah. world. But, yeah, every time I see one of us guys from YouTube, one of us gals from YouTube, you know, and it just yeah. getting this that recognition, as you said, it's not a big-headed thing. It's almost like I've, I've been reviewing things for these studios for 10 years now yes. for various outlets, and you put in so much work and a lot of the time you feel like you're not taken as seriously as, maybe not that you think you should be taken, uh, no, not as seriously as you think you should be taken, but you're not taken as seriously as you'd like to be taken. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a big push recently, last six months of people from our space getting pull quotes on TV commercials because mm-hmm. they're starting to take our, our space a lot more seriously. And they're starting to realize it's all about Rotten Tomatoes. People are going to Rotten Tomatoes for their reviews and stuff. That Rotten Tomatoes has a huge weight to whether a film does well or a film tanks. And I think they're finally going, well, there's, you know, there is, these guys are actually doing something that is noteworthy, recognizable. I don't know. It's just always nice to get that kick to be like, they take you serious and they give you that recognition. And it's, for me, I was so happy to see that you got a pull quote on this on this film. Thank you, man. Absolutely amazing. Thank you. I, just, I love to see it. I love to see it. I'm dying to I see that film that. as well. Yes, of course. Oh, so good. Of course. All right, uh, Best Director in a Motion Picture. We've got, let's see, have I seen any of these? I've seen Trial of Chicago 7. Okay, so uh, Aaron Sorkin for Trial of Chicago 7, Regina King mm-hmm. for One Night in Miami, David Fincher for *Mank*. Emerald Fennel for Promising a Young Woman and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Again, this is just a stacked category. Um, who are just again having not having only seen one of these films, but a big fan of everyone else who is in here and their body of work is just so, just so incredible. I'm a, I'm a big Sorkin fan. I love his work. I think he's got one of the greatest voices in Hollywood. Just the way he writes dialogue, the you know, that the walk and talk stuff that he does in all his stuff, West wing. I'm just a huge fan, man. I'm a huge yeah. Sorkin fan. And, um, I'd like to see him take away an award, but again, I haven't seen any of these other films, which all just look so powerhouse. Chloe Zhao is an incredible, mm. incredible director. And I'd like to see her win it as well, man. I, I don't know We uh, David, David Fincher, like the great, like where do you <laughs> stand on this one?
1: So when everything first started, first of all, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. Cool to see. I, I maybe expect like Spike Lee kind of thing, but very cool to see. I like this category quite a bit. Mm. And, you know, Oscar season starts, everybody's thinking David Fincher. Mm. But Chloe Chloe Zhao came out of yeah. not nowhere because we knew what kind of filmmaker she was, right? Yeah we see this movie and and we see the talk that she's getting surrounding what she did with the non-actors. And when you see it, Dave, you'll recognize just almost flawless direction. And I'm not only going to predict this for golden Globes. I think when Eternals comes out,
0: Mm. you're going to
1: see an ad that says Oscar winning director. Yeah. And how cool is that going to be? man? I I think she's going to take it home. I do. Sure.
0: Oh, beautiful. That's exciting. And I would, I would love that. I think that would be amazing. I mean yeah. you love the titans like Fincher and Sorkin but again like you said earlier these are people that you feel like they've been there they've had the accolades they've had the recognition and you get people mm-hmm. like Chloe Zhao you know coming in it's just like these real auteur directors who yes. just just Beautiful. to get that that recognition is wonderful I'm dying to see Nomadland when it when it opens here properly um, yeah, so, yeah, very excited for that. But, yeah, like you said, Spike Lee is a very interesting snub for this. And, again, mm-hmm. we're getting a big snub for *The 5 Bloods. I was going to say maybe they didn't push the film, but you're wearing the hat. So they obviously did. It's just it's baffling. Big but but uh, that said, this is a really wonderful um, so, uh, selection of uh, directors here, and it's really good to see three women up as well. And it's not overly stacked. with. This has obviously been the big thing over the last few years is like, um, you know, having that, um, what's the word I'm looking for, that kind of the balance and the, uh, the quality, yeah. I suppose. See, three powerhouse women, female female directors is just, is, is really good.
1: And it's not just, you know, some people will be like, oh, well, they had to. No, 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 no. No. These, these three directors mm-hmm. directed some absolute incredible films and they would I I think they would make a huge mark with I mean you just look at what the Oscars has been trying to do and trying to make things diverse and this and that but yeah you have to create quality movies for that and you talk up-and-coming directors Oh, my goodness. Regina King, too. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget One Night in Miami, what she's been able to do, transitioning from an actor to a director. But Mm -hmm. you could see all three of them get nominated for Best Director at the Oscars. And uh, again, man, I love to see it because there are three well-deserved nominees. And, of course, Fincher and Sorkin. I mean, yeah. they are yeah. the OGs. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they all deserve to be there, for sure.
0: Uh, we've got Best Screenplay Motion Picture. Uh, we've got Emerald Fanelers back out for Promising Young Woman. Jeez, that, that movie is sweeping these awards, which <laughs> <It crazy>. is crazy. <laughs> um, I'm so, I'm just – I need to see it. I need to see it. Uh, we've got Jack Fincher for Mank. We've got Aaron Sorkin again for Trial of Chicago 7. Christopher Hampton, yeah. Florian Zeller. Oh, this is a, is this a double – Oh, we've got two yes. people nominated for the one film, right? So Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller, both for The Father, and then Chloe Zhao again for Nomadland. Again, the only one I've seen of these is trying Chicago 7. I love Sorkin's writing. I think it is just so yeah. just um, incredible. I didn't love the movie. I liked it. I didn't think it was incredible. I didn't think it was fantastic. I don't think yeah. it's his best writing um, and again, Agreed. I can't speak on the other ones, but what are your uh, what are your thoughts on on these ones?
1: All five great, great screenplays. It's very cool to see David Fincher take his father's work, Jack Fincher's work, mm. and turn it into Mank. I love that. Uh, the father was actually a bit of a surprising one. I expected maybe One Night in Miami on here just yeah. because of the dialogue, but I'm not upset at all. I think the uh, screenplay is fantastic. Uh, it is going to come down to Mank Nomad Land for this category, and mm. uh, or I'm sorry, Trial Nomadland for this category. And uh, before I would have said trial, but again, Nomadland is making such a surge and it's just a beautifully written movie. So uh, I I think that's going to take it. But all five of these, Mm. well, technically six writers deserve to be on here, man. Just outstanding work.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Next one is Best Picture Animated, just kind of my realm. Um, We've got The the Croods, A New Age, (laughs) Onward, Over the Moon, Soul, and Wolfwalkers. I've got two for yes. Pixar in here, which is Onward and Soul. Um, mm. Over the Moon. I man, I need to see it. I just it slipped. It it's slipped, slipped. It slipped me for some reason. Looks amazing. Uh, Glenn Keane, of course, is behind that. Who is a um, one of the uh, Disney animators from the Renaissance period. I've actually met Glenn yes. Keane. A wonderful guy. I've got a, I got him to sign my big Art of Disney book. Massive like little sketch of the Beast. From Beauty and the Beast, man. Oh, it's one of my prized cool. positions. And he's his, oh, his stuff cool. is he's his stuff is wonderful. Um Crude's a New Age. Uh, it's almost like it feels like it's the one that's just been thrown in there just because. Um, and Wolf Walkers I haven't seen just yet. Um, but that's from what's the uh, name of the the studio that that has come from? I always Ooh, forget uh, um, it's the Irish yeah, the Irish, aren't they? Um let's let me just have a look at this wolf walkers um it is
1: three incredible movies
0: yeah yeah oh man why is this um wolf walkers it is from because they did secret of the cows song of the sea cartoon saloon is the name of them yeah and i believe they are they're based out of ireland yeah irish cartoon studio and their stuff is just insanely incredible um, me personally, soul was one of my favorite movies of last year. It floored me like incredible, incredible film. It just everything, the animation, yeah. the writing, the voice performances, just, it's just such that movie. I got to the end of that movie. I rewound it to halfway to the halfway <laughs> mark and rewatched the last like act and a wow. half again, because I was just like, I need to keep soaking this film in. It's my, and I never do that. I can't say I've yeah. pro- I can't say I've ever done that before. I just I loved that. That would be my pick. Onward was um, onward was good, but I don't feel like it's awards caliber. It's certainly not top tier Pixar. But I wouldn't be surprised if something like Wolf Walkers took away the award because of just how gorgeously animated that film is. and um, it's so artistically just original and unique. And it just wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that came through as that, maybe not the underdog, but everyone is going to expect Seoul to win this, I feel. But I would not be surprised if Wolf Walkers took the award. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, it's almost, I mean, we've had many cases of this over the last couple of years. You have that big name film like Soul, and then one uh, kind of like last year with like a Klaus or something yeah. comes in out of mm-hmm. nowhere. And, and you know, Wolfwalkers is that movie. And up until Soul, it was by far mm-hmm. my favorite animated film of the year. What a beautiful achievement that mm-hmm. was. Great voice cast and and gorgeous animation. But again, it's just when you're competing against a behemoth like a maybe even a top tier Pixar film like yeah. soul. It's very hard to compare and, you know, love Wolf Walkers. but I'm with you. Dave soul was my, yeah. my number one of last year. I mean, I just yeah. ate that movie up. Everything about it is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I want a best picture nomination. Don't think I'm going to get it, but <laughs> I think it takes home this award. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I think, I think it has a chance to take a best picture nomination. I feel soul. it does we've only had 3 films ever nominated for best picture yeah. animated films uh, which is Beauty and the Beast Up and um, Toy Story 3 yeah. I feel like Soul is on is is that caliber of film and it would I ha- how many how many um uh, uh what do you call it? how many films are able to be nominated for best picture this year do you know cuz they keep changing it is it up to 10
1: yeah it is up to 10 next year it will be officially 10 No less, no more. This year it is up to 10. And because of that, something tells me we're not going to get 10 once again. But, man, if there was ever a 10th spot,
0: so please,
1: I hope it gets in. I would love to see
0: it. And I would love to see it take the award. It won't, but I would love to see it. I don't know if we'll ever see an animated film take one, but, uh, but, man, (laughs) that would be great. Um, Let's take a look at probably the most controversial one. Uh, the most Mm. controversial category here, which is best picture foreign language. Um, We've got another round. We've got La La Rona. Uh, So another round is from Denmark. La La Rona is from France. Uh, We've got The Life Ahead from Italy. Um, Minari, USA. And the two of us, France, USA. So what what are our thoughts here? I haven't seen any of these films here.
1: Well, I can tell you, Minari is not. I don't know why it's in this category. Why is? And okay, I get foreign language, but even then, it's just like I don't. It's an American movie. If anything was ever an American movie, it's about a family trying to start and and build this farm. They're living the American dream yeah. in the film. Yeah. What what, what did they, what do we miss here? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's the perspective from because. It is the Hollywood foreign press. And I look at the lack, uh, best picture, like a Judas and the Black Messiah and a Defy Bloods, right? Maybe they don't – our perspective on these events, like a Judas-like Defy mm. Bloods, very you know American-centric, like our history type of story. So even from then, I, I can see their perspective on that. that. Maybe yeah. they're not as aware, which is fine, right? So mm-hmm. I can see movies like that getting snubbed. But when you put a movie like *Minari* in the foreign language category, when it is just—I mean, it is—it is, it is built around. I just—I don't get it, Dave. Can yeah. you explain this to me? Because I, I
0: just don't I, get it. I don't get it either, and I feel like um, foreign. La- I feel like foreign language, foreign language, as opposed to best foreign film, is their way yeah. to kind of cover the track of being able to just do it but I don't yeah. think it belongs there because, it's, because this is the, no matter what it's called, foreign language, this is the foreign category. Yeah. Having not seen it, it's yeah. not a foreign film. It might have <laughs> a foreign language, but it's not, it's not a foreign film, as you said. And, again, as someone who's not seen it, I know, I know this. I know enough about it, and I think, it's, I think it's baffling as well. Imagine if that takes out the award. Like they said, again, we are not disparaging the film. I'm sure it's incredible. Everything I've heard about oh, it is like amazing. it is an amazing film. Yeah. But, yeah, it's one of those just so, just things that's just so baffling.
1: Well, this may just be their way of including it because yeah. Minari is a top ten movie yeah. for me last year. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful film. And they could have said, you know, this needs to get in somewhere. Well, let's just put it in this category but even then it, it, it almost feels like a a slight against the film and i know mm. that's not the intentions yeah, yeah. i understand that but i j- it just doesn't sit right with me dave now i, I don't know if it's going to win I, I think when you look at foreign language film I, I think of another round as the best of last year yeah. but because minari was a top tier uh a24 you mm-hmm. know i a, a usa based. I just it. But um, I think it's going to be between Minari and another round. Um, but I look at that title and I see another round taking it. So those are my two picks. But again, I just, this one baffled me. I just yeah. can't understand it. Yeah.
0: Very strange. Again, we just, you get these weird things that the globes do. And that is one yeah. of them. That is an example of why yeah. is that there? Why is that there? Again, Like the, like the Martian going into the comedy category. Just... Just confusing. Um, Now, that's most of the the film stuff out of the way, other than, like, the best score and the best music and stuff. We're running a little low on time. We'll quickly kind of look over the television stuff. You're a big TV guy. You do all the streaming stuff. Best drama series, The Crown, Lovecraft Country, uh, The Mandalorian, Ozark, and Ratchet. I've seen The Crown. I love The Crown. Mandalorian, great stuff. Ozark, not a huge fan of. Ratchet, Lovecraft Country, I haven't got around to seeing just yet. My pick would probably be the crown out of what I have seen, but I'm hearing great mm-hmm. things about Lovecraft Country.
1: I love every movie in this category, ex- or every series in this category, except for Ratchet. I yeah. don't, again, it's Ryan Murphy. I just don't mm-hmm. know why it's on there. Yep. Um, you look at, a, a, and I guess it was a limited series, but even then it should be on here. The Queen's Gambit yep. was oh, yeah.
0: not... What well, actually, there? was that on this one or the SAGs? Oh, yeah, Queen's Gambit is here, and this is a question I was going to ask you. Actually, um, ooh, it is listed as a tally movie, best okay. television okay. motion picture. So the question I was going to ask: that's How do we that's how do we was. determine what is a television series mm-hmm. and what is a television motion picture, particularly in the case of the Queen's Gambit, like? Okay, if it's a three part thing, a two part thing, three part thing that runs for two, three, four yes. hours, whatever, okay, television movie. But something that's like, what, eight or nine episodes long, it feels like a film, but it's a television series. It's a mini series. Yeah. It's not a television film. I. How do you. Uh, <sighs> The way
1: they name their categories, right. With foreign language feature and uh, best television motion picture. I think television motion picture, I think something like maybe a Hamilton, Uh, you know, that makes more sense to me. For sure. Uh, But yeah, it's just maybe even change the name there. Now small acts. Yeah. Have you seen any of those? No. Those are legitimate movies. Those Mm. are, it's five different films and every film is different. That makes sense to me, right? Yeah. But you have something like the Queen's Gambit, and that's probably why I was thinking that, is it just feels like even a li- – call it limited series.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, limited- exactly it right. It throws me off.
1: I yeah. don't know. I don't know. It throws yeah, me off. It is it's a nitpick, weird. But.
0: It just feels – maybe you're right, but I, I, Queen's Gambit does feel like, well, it's a limited series. It's a yes. full story, beginning, middle, end, and it's closed off. Maybe that's yeah. how they determine it. But I think maybe, yeah, have a limited series category for stuff like that, mm-hmm. because, and then for television motion picture, but then maybe again, it becomes, there's so many movies that go direct to Netflix, which are being nominated oh, yeah. for the regular motion picture category. Where's then the line to be, to demote one of those to television motion picture. It's we've, ah, we've gone into tough. this era where it's, there's no line. It's like, no. it's, blurred. it's blurred. It's like, what do you, yes. what, how do you, yeah. It's, it's a weird thing. But I love The Queen's Gambit, man. That was one of the, my favourite things from last year. I absolutely loved it. And you tell Taylor-Joy again, and that is amazing. I'm dying to see The Undoing because I'm a, I'm a huge Hugh Grant fan. I love Hugh Grant. Oh, he's and so good. He's just yeah. so much fun. So I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Um, but out of – so the, f- the other, other one we took, took a look at, what was that bit? The Out of the um, uh, drama series, Crown, Lovecraft, Country, Mandalorian, Ozark, Ratchet, what would, what would, what would you be aiming for towards there?
1: I, I am going to stick with The Crown. It's just, it's that kind of show. Yeah. I, I love it. I think mm-hmm. it's fantastic. It's cool to me to see The Mandalorian in there. Yeah. Um, I really do think only three have a chance, though, in Ozark, Lovecraft, The Crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lovecraft could take it. Yep. That is a show that uh, surprised a lot of people, but The Crown, well beloved all
0: around the world. Mm. And I just, uh, I don't see it losing this. Yeah, beautiful. I'd love to see it take it out. Um, yeah. We've got Best Musical Comedy Series. We'll go through these really quick now because we are pushing the time at yeah. <laughs> the moment. Just look at the time. Um, but I've seen quite a few of these. Emily in Paris, sorry, Emily in Paris is how you're supposed to pronounce <laughs> it. Um, yeah. The Flight Attendant, which I've not actually heard of. Uh, Katie is in that. No, maybe I have heard of that. Uh, the Great with um, Al Fanning and Nicholas Holt. Schitt's Creek mm-hmm. and Ted Lasso. Uh, I have seen Emily in Paris. Which I enjoyed as a trashy piece of television, and why it's nominated <laughs> here is baffling. Um, <laughs> <I did it. laughs> the great was amazing. I thought it was just again one of those shows that just takes yeah. you by surprise. Uh, Al Fanning is incredible in it, uh, even Nicholas Holtz' you're exactly. great in that shits Creek man as well. that is one that just completely it's one of those things I was like, I'll check it out, I'll see what it's like, and I just Same. fell in love. Uh, tell so I, I haven't <laughs> got to yeah, I feel like a lot of people I've heard. I saw it on there. I tried it, and it's so it's bloody damn good. Just fell in love. Ted Lasso. I haven't seen yet. Uh, what? What? What are your thoughts on this category here?
1: It's it's, it's great. Emily in Paris. Strange. I. I mean, even Bridgerton. Most recently, that yeah. like, show is the most yeah. watched show ever mm. on Netflix yeah. in that period of time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's great. So. You know, I I just think they were kind of scrounging to try and find people or, or shows to put in this category yeah. at that point. But uh, I think the great is great. I think mm. Schitt's Creek actually takes this home. Ted Lasso is amazing.
0: Yeah, I've heard. Great I mean, it things. is.
1: It is am- I, I, the first episode, I said, well, it's good, and mm. then by the end, you're invested. Sudeikis is best performance I've ever seen, and that show is going to have longevity for years and years i see this thing going for a long time it is fantastic mm. i kind of want it to win to be honest but Shit's yeah. creek it had an incredible run it's a great show and uh, i think that's that's going to take this home
0: i think it's deserving of it for sure yeah, absolutely didn't it sw- was it the emmys last year it absolutely sweeped, sweeped. like more than any other show Everything. in history like amazing yeah or like up there with like cheers and stuff like that like crazy crazy yeah. crazy um, the rest of the Golden Globe nominations are all kind of the the uh, the acting ones, but there's like th- I've just noticed there's like three more pages, so we might give them a skip. But is there anything in there, kind of off the top of your head? I mean, we've got some powerhouse people nominated across all these shows here. Like Best Actress, you've got like Kate Blanchett, Daisy, Edgar Jones, Shira Haas, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy. Best Actor, you've got Brian Cranston, Jeff Daniel, Hugh Grant, Ethan Hawke, Mark Ruffalo. Yes. Um, Best Television Actor, you've got like Olivia Coleman and Laura Linney, Sarah Paul. We've got just so many just powerhouse people here. Is there anyone here out of any of these categories you'd like to see Take Away Anything or is there anything a bit more controversial about any of these that you can think of at the top of your head?
1: Honestly, nothing too nothing too crazy when it comes to these categories. Yeah. I would love to see actresses like Shira Haas. Mm. Uh, she had one of the most emotional scenes from last year. Anya Taylor-Joy, obviously, in The Queen's Gambit, which, Dave, actually, the show, while fictional, takes place in the city that I'm living in right now. Oh, wow. Which is Really cool. They actually redid, uh, there's this huge building in town. They turned the entire first floor into a Queen's Gambit celebratory uh, room. (laughs) It's very cool. I've not been able to go yet, but I really want to go. So that's pretty cool. Uh, So Anya Mm Taylor-Joy, absolutely. I thought Mark Ruffalo's performance, and I know this much is true. Both of them, he plays two people, but they're outstanding. Again, Sarah Paulson for Ratchet okay yeah. um but you have love for the crown and olivia coleman and emma corin and uh anything the crown wins i will be happy with so overall i mean i i think solid nominations oh and another one is they they nominated al al pacino for oh yeah Hunters. i
0: just looked at that yeah yeah which um <laughs> okay <laughs> he's, I mean, he's al pacino he's there because he's al pacino that's why he's there i mean
1: you know, you're gonna you're gonna go get Jack and Jill, Dunkachino, and yeah. throw that in. on the, that just ah, well,
0: okay. this is All the right. guy who was in The Godfather and Scarface and so many incredible yes. movies like that, and never won an Academy Award until Scent of a Woman. So it's <laughs> uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like right. throw him in there because he's got to oh. get give him a little bit of recognition. And you know that scent of a woman thing is just so crazy. Like, didn't get one for The Godfather. Oh. Didn't get one for Scarface. You know, Heat, scent of a woman. Well, we didn't give him to the. We didn't give it to him for the other one. So we should, you know, make amends, sort of thing. But I feel like yeah. it's the same. You always see these people just pop up because it is Al Pacino.
1: Is that Glenn Close this year for Hillbilly Elegy? Well,
0: maybe. Guess we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting, man. Um, we'll cap yeah. the Golden Globes right there because everything else is stock standard and we could talk about it for hours and hours. We'll yeah. briefly look at the SAG Awards. Now, one of the biggest controversies that I found came out of this was the stunt category um, where we've mm. got... Because um, a lot of these nominations are very similar to the Golden Globes, so I feel like we'd just be tracing over like what we've already done. So a lot of the, the actors... Um, are the same, the actresses are the same, and, again, we're seeing that pattern that we will see continue throughout award season. Um, The big, again, controversy that's come out of this is the stunt category, and I'm trying to find it here because we've got um, Stunt Ensemble and motion Picture, *The 5 Bloods, Mulan, News of the World, The Trial of Chicago 7, Wonder Woman 1984, No Birds of Prey. No birds of prey. Say what you will about the film, anyone. I mean no, it's such a divisive movie. I personally loved it. I thought it was incredible. But the stunt work in that film is out of this world. And for it to not be nominated over something like Trial of Chicago 7, which again, not disparaging the the stunt, the stunt men, the stunt, the stunt women, the stunt workers that were in, in that film, look at something like Birds of prey. You got people doing crazy backflips and all that slow motion cinematography with just people just all flying all over the place, insane stunt work to the level of if not even better than Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four even. Ah, uh, and she's doing it herself. Yeah. I mean, Harley
1: Quinn's doing all this. Yeah, come on, man. Even a movie like okay, obviously Tenet. Yeah. I mean, have we, have yeah. we seen the behind-the-scenes where they're, hmm. you know, learning how to fight in reverse? It yeah. was yeah. is incredible. Even something is, you know, you wouldn't think of it for an awards, but extraction mm. on Netflix. Yeah, oh the yeah, old Man. guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on Jeez. Netflix. I mean, yeah. these movies that 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 don't campaign for something like stunts, mm. but. Looking at the last two years, I mean, John Wick didn't get a nomination yeah. last year. Did he?
0: Yeah, no. come on, are, are
1: are you kidding me? We are nominating the movies that are campaigning. Yeah, News exactly of the World. Right. I, yeah. I, I love Tom Hanks. He jumped out of a horse cart. That's all he did. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, yeah. he he shoots a shotgun a couple yeah. times. That's it. Yeah, you know, and this takes nothing away from what everyone accomplished yeah. in these films. They are awards worthy films. Mm. Just not for stunts,
0: yeah. in my opinion. And I feel like a category like this is the category to recognise the, the films that are not getting recognised everywhere yes. else. Trial of Chicago 7 Absolutely. is everywhere. News of the World is everywhere. I mean, of course, you've got yeah. Wonder Woman in here. You've got Mulan in here. We've got the five Bloods Mulan in here. Uh, Mulan yeah. definitely makes sense. Incredible choreography yes. in that film. In fact, I think the um, the pull quote that Disney used was about the, the, the choreography in that. Yeah. Um, Which makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, it just feels like take the awards darlings out of this category, like news of the world and trial of Chicago seven, again, not disparaging the films, great films, but put something like extraction or birds of prey or the old guard up there. Take a look outside the box. It's just, well, it's baffling.
1: Let's look at the television category because Mm. this is almost the opposite uh, effect here because you have shows that, more than deserve to be in this category. Cobra Kai, Mm. the the boys, the Mandalorian, incredible stunt work. Well-deserved stunt work. Cobra Kai, I I don't really think is ever going to get a a nomination for something like acting. It's one of my favorite shows, but that's just the kind of show that it is. That's deserved to be on there. What's the, what's the the difference between that and the movie category? Why are we doing the Oscar films here? And then the, the, the worthy shows here. I just don't understand the concept.
0: It's, I don't know. Like at the end of the day, you can't please everybody, and there's only so many slots. But of course, the way it's it's just weird how it almost feels like they don't look outside the box sometimes, or they don't bother to look at something that's not campaigning. And I don't feel like that's how it should work. I think it should be like you need to have a broader view of what's out there. Um, even these films that don't have millions of dollars to to campaign for an award, they're still as worthy as something that's come from Disney or. It's crazy. It's crazy. When well I,
1: even even the invisible man, which is yeah. low
0: budget, you know,
1: not a lot of money put in and and stunt work, you don't immediately think, but when you think of some of those fight scenes mm. and, and what Elizabeth Moss did, I think that's I think that's a little more than something like news of the world, but yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I just
0: I can't get behind this one for yeah. some reason. It's a crazy one. Something I can get behind from this one. Chadwick Boseman, the oh, man, wow. the legend, <laughs> he has, is it four nominations here? Four. He's been yeah. nominated four in four separate categories and four separate SAG awards, which is um, Best uh, Male Actor in a Supporting Role. Um, we've got him in uh, Best Actor in... A leading role. So the supporting role was for um for the Five Bloods. Leading mm-hmm. role was as for was
1: ensemble and, and ensemble. ensemble. Well.
0: And then yes. best actor in a leading role for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yes. And the other what was the fourth? What was that? An and, ensemble oh, one as well. And Ma Rainey got Ma Rainey is the ensemble as well. As well. So he's got a one award for each for himself and then as the ensemble. And this is the most anyone has ever most nominations <laughs> anyone has ever had at one award ceremony. Mm. and incredible and it's posthumous
1: oh, i see that's that's the part that's still i mean to this day dave can you can you i, I just can't fathom it no. doesn't feel like he's no way on no i, I just mm. I, I don't know i just i don't i still don't feel that yet maybe yeah. we just have to give it some more time but delroy lindo let's talk about delroy because mm. we got an ensemble nomination for it to five bloods yeah but no, no yeah. delroy yeah. Oh, Not good for the uh, Oscars Day.
0: Right? No, I no. It's, I just <laughs> thought he was incredible in that film. Me too. You know, that last, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, but that last kind of act where he just flips – Yes. And he's like a soliloquy to the camera is <laughs> some of the best acting I've ever seen in my life. It was amazing. <laughs> and like I said, on my letterbox, all the awards for Delroy Lindo, but no love, yeah. man, no love so far. It's crazy mm-hmm. for me. I think that is probably the one, one of, if off the biggest snub out of this whole thing. He hasn't had any love anyway. I, I, I completely
1: agree. And yeah, I mean, the other thing we could talk about obviously is more Jared Leto. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. About
1: that, you know, uh, but <laughs> what, what, what do you say Dave what, what do you say about Jared Leto he's a he's a thing I mean this yeah. is that yeah. Paul Racy spot this is two now for Jared Leto he could keep rolling we'll yeah. see
0: that's how it usually works oh yeah. man um for those who don't know what the SAG Awards I should have said at the top but they are given by the Screen Actors Guild America uh, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists And they recognise outstanding performances in film and primetime television. So you get a kind of a mix of both together in there. Um, So, yeah. So they are very prestigious awards, of course. But, again, you do get some very strange sort of baffling uh, nominations and categories and all that kind of stuff in there as well. Mm. Um, We are pushing it a lot at the moment. We're just about an hour and a half in. But I do want to very kind of briefly talk about you. We said at the top, I wasn't going to do this earlier in the show and we skipped over it. But you did the uh, the uh, the Sundance Film Festival, which was all virtual this yes. year, and you said you watched a lot of movies, a lot of movies. Um, what's kind of again? You haven't you, you were saying to me before you haven't done your coverage of this just yet, so I don't want to take away from that. But kind of give me a few of your your highlights from from that. Um, whether that is the, the best films you saw there, or the best performances mm. out of the movies, or just tell me a little bit about your experience and you know, your, your highlights.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that was there were a, a lot of things I was looking forward to with yeah. this festival. Uh, originally, it was Judas and the Black Messiah, and then I ended yeah. up getting a four-year consideration screener. And mm-hmm. that is not necessarily what you feel like a Sundance movie would be, even yeah. though it probably was the best of the bunch. Um, but looking into the actual premieres at mm-hmm. Sundance, a couple on my list that ended up really delivering. There's a movie called on the count of three and Gerard uh, Carmichael is a comedian, very talented individual. He actually directed this film and he Mm -hmm. stars in it with Christopher Abbott, who I am slowly becoming a huge fan of. And the idea behind this movie is one that could, could have easily been handled in a bad way because it's two individuals who, you know, their outlook on life, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're considering suicide yeah. right so they make this suicide pact taking each other out but first they have to accomplish this mission that they go on and, and it wouldn't be a mission you would go on if you thought you would have to live with the consequences yeah. so this feels like an a24 i mean if a24 doesn't pick this up missed off yeah. <laughs> an a24 you know crazy dark but it's also it's also kind of a comedy Mm. So you've got a little bit of dark humor in here as well, and man, this movie was a thrill uh, ride from start to finish. It was actually my favorite of the festival, right no. behind Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, uh, so it really paid off on my anticipation. And you know, a couple that 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 stood out, I thought the a movie called uh, Together Together, starring Ed Helms, mm-hmm. surprisingly enough, yeah. it's a really sweet romantic comedy. Uh, you have a, a a documentary called Flea about a man who is trying to escape his country. It's an animated documentary, Dave. Yeah. You would love this, man. Okay. You would absolutely love this. It is a wow. beautiful piece of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And then the other two big ones, uh, a movie called Mass. Yeah. Did you hear about this Yeah, one? I've heard about this. Dave, uh, this is four individuals, one table. They're sitting around talking about the consequences of a mass shooting. And that's pretty much the entire film. Wow. And, and doubt is the highlight for me in this movie from hereditary and, uh, the handmaid's tale, but some of the best performances I've seen all year. And then a really sweet coming of age story, uh, that got picked up by Apple for $25 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely incredible called CODA and CODA stands for child of deaf adults. And, uh, our main character here is living with uh, a deaf mother, a deaf father, a deaf brother so she has to go through a lot of scrutiny growing up but then she starts to discover that she's a really good singer and you know parents not being able to hear you sing that creates a little bit of tension between the two so we see that play out in the film and man this this movie is sweet heartwarming charming beautiful worth 25 million dollars in my opinion yeah. for Apple to pay for it and uh, this one's going to come out and it may be one of the biggest movies Uh, apple has ever seen wow in terms of getting people to that platform man because this is a great great coming of age story and i say this it's i I love sing street more it almost reminded me of that feeling that i got from sing street and it has the star of sing street ferdia walsh pilo in the movie which is awesome so man those those are the films from i I went on a a little bit of a rant those are the films what i wanted to
0: hear that is beautiful Uh, uh, like I said, I would love to have done the Sundance. Would love to watch these films. It's <laughs> overwhelming for me, and I know that I just don't. I personally don't get the um, the audience because obviously you get when you get into YouTube, you find your pocket yes. and you find your audience yes. that you excel in, and this is your kind of thing, you know. But for me, I just don't. I just don't get the views on this. I had other things that I was like, yes. I, don't, I need to focus on. But it's great to hear. About these fantastic films that are coming my way. And I, I've, I need to make more of an effort going forward to see these films when they are out there and when it's award season and getting, you know, in the frenzy yeah. about it. Um, it's, I used to when I was, when I was a lot younger, when I would go to the cinemas, I'd see everything that came out and, you know, to get to mm-hmm. the award season, I'd seen everything. But over the last few years, I just, I don't know, I kind of slipped out of, of doing that. I need to get back into it, especially when I'm doing a podcast talking about movies.
1: Well, you're a busy, Dave, you're a busy man though. Don't, don't look past the fact that you are, it's not like you're just sitting around doing nothing, Dave. And, (laughs) and, and I face this as well. I mean, I saw a lot of movies last year, but there were still those movies I wanted to see, but you get so caught up in, in whether it's breaking news or, you know, something that drops and you're, you're so Mm. encouraged to make a video about. And then that video takes three hours Yeah. And the day's almost gone. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So it is that yeah. it's it's trying to balance all of those things, day. But I do, I truly think some of these films from Sundance, man, and and some of these Oscar movies too, man. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I'll be on the lookout on Twitter, For man, because sure. I think you're yeah. really going to love some of them.
0: Yeah, amazing. Well, I do. Yeah, I, whenever I obviously people out there who follow me, I do post my thoughts on pretty much everything I watch. I did the letterbox thing. All, I'm, I'm so into yes. letterbox at the moment. Um, and so. I post my thoughts on everything, give ratings and stuff. I feel like that's like my little space to be able to share my thoughts on movies that I feel like wouldn't get the audience anywhere else. And, um, you know, so if you want to follow me on Letterboxd, think it's just Dave Lee down under, search me on there. Yeah. Um, a lot of my time now, I, I usually do this at the beginning of a show. I kind of talk about the kind of stuff that I've been watching myself, while all you guys yep. are off at Sundance, I've been watching some older, older <laughs> stuff. Um, I've got a stack of movies out there, hundreds of movies that I haven't watched on Blu ray. I'm just trying to power through them. I get up early in the morning, I watch a movie before I get into work. Um, and nice. here's a few of the things that I've watched recently. Street Fighter. Have you seen Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Oh, man, that is a... uh, That's a ride. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is one that I had been... For some reason, I've got into the Jean-Claude Van Damme films at the moment. I've always put them off. I love the Schwarzenegger stuff, the Stallone stuff. Always been a fan. Never got into Jean-Claude Van Damme. But I've been watching his stuff recently... They're just so bad that I love them and I'm enjoying them and it's just I'm (laughs) laughing from beginning to end. I was told by a friend of mine who's a huge Jean-Claude Van Damme fan, Jean-Claude Van Fan as I call them, that (laughs) do not watch Street Fighter. Don't watch it. And I'm thinking, well, if this guy who loves these terrible movies is telling me not to watch Street Fighter, i got to watch Street Fighter. I watched it and, man, (laughs) oh, I thought it was just so much fun, so stupid fun, laughing beginning Mm -hmm. to end. Just amazing. you got Kylie Minogue in there and Ming-Na Wen is in there as well. Very young, Ming-Na Wen. Amazing. Right. I I just thought it was just so – but the thing I couldn't figure out with that movie was whether it was aware that it was really bad or whether it was actually trying (laughs) to be a really good movie. A lot of these Van Damme (laughs) films you're watching, like, they know they're bad and they're hamming it up. But this movie, it almost feels like it's trying to actually take itself serious – And it feels like a lot of those kids' films from the 90s, um, but with brutal violence. So, yeah, yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that one. Um, I watched – yesterday I watched Heathers. Have you seen Heathers? Yeah, it's been a
1: long time, but I recall really, really enjoying
0: that film. Did you like it? I loved it. Winona Ryder, Kristen Slater. Um, She is incredible in the film. Her performance is amazing in that Winona Ryder. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of her very early stuff was just so good. You know, Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands and Christian Slater in this does a Jack Nicholson impersonation. And he's been on the record to say, oh, yeah, it was just impersonating Jack Nicholson. Like, why? I don't know. I just thought You're it right. was good. Um, so it's such a weird, quirky film. It almost feels like a John Hughes movie but with like a twist, like something like mm. Breakfast Club by way of like uh, Natural Born Killers or True Romance or something yeah. like, that. Um, like that. I really loved that. I thought it was, I thought it was a, just a terrific film. I watched um, Far and Away. Have you seen this? Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. It's an epic film. It goes like three hours, two and a half, three hours. I think
1: so. No. It's a
0: Ron Howard okay. movie. Now, this is a movie that I've heard over the years. A lot of people say it's not great. Don't watch it. Not hmm. a good movie. Okay. Tom Cruise, I love his movies. Nicole Kidman, I think yeah. she's great as well. It's a crazy. Ron Howard movie. I mean, i got to watch as many Ron Howard films as I can. The score is by John Williams. And it's an Ooh. incredible score. Like, it's nothing like wow. anything you've ever heard of his score of his work before. It's very... Um, because it's about these okay. um, Irish immigrants who move to America to try and start a life and try and, you know, win a you know, get land and the American dream, basically, right? Okay. Um right. and his score is so infused with just like Gaelic sounds and it's incredible. I think it's one mm. of his best scores. But I love the movie. I thought it was really good. And I'm a sucker for awesome. these like romantic, sort of sweeping epic kind of things. I would recommend yeah. it to you. If not, I don't know if you will love it, but if not for Ron Howard and this incredible John Williams score, like incredible, it's a very sappy film, it's very corny, what you'd imagine from one of these romantic sweeping epics from like the 1990s, but I really loved it. I thought it was very good. And again, even on a technical level, really wonderful. Um, I mentioned earlier Brawl in Cell Block 99 and Dragged Across Concrete. I thought they were both just so damn good, man. Man. So damn good. Uh S. Craig Zahler oh. uh, is—I'm not
1: kidding. I mean, it's got to be one of the most underrated directors working right now. I mean, yeah. all three of his films are outstanding, mm-hmm. and to to bring Vince Vaughn kind of alive yeah. in a way that you've never seen him before in oh, both movies—what a punch! Amazing, a punch packs.
0: amazing. Yeah. Well, I'd watched Bone Tomahawk last year sometime, and <laughs> that is a brutal film. Wow. And I mean, not wow. spoiling anything, but there's literally a guy getting ripped in half in that film, <laughs> and he's like innards spilling everywhere, oh, cannibals. Man. And like, this is not the kind of thing I usually watch, but I was just like glued to the screen, like, this movie is so f- just fucking cool, man and uh, Kurt yeah. Russell in that film. And I just – I had to go and get his other two films, uh, Craig, Zahler's, uh, Craig Zahler's films, Brawling Sublock 99, Dragged Across. And, again, they're probably a little too so, violent for me, but I couldn't drag my eyes away from the screen because they're just incredible, the writing, the direction, just yeah. the minimalism in the even, like, the, the shot framing and how he holds shots for, like, two or three minutes – and then yeah. even then we'll cut to a shot that feels really jarring, but works. I just think his films are just from beginning to. And I watched the documentary. If you haven't seen it on the, um, uh, I think it was on the Dragged Across Concrete uh, Blu-ray. No, it goes for about forty minutes, sixty minutes, and it charts wow. uh, Zayla's entire process of making a film outside of the studio system, and then selling it to a studio to distribute. And I thought it was just fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's written – he said, like, I've written, like, nine screenplays, yeah, and I'm just trying to figure out which one I want to do next and all this kind of stuff. It's like it's oh. incredible. This guy's prolific. And then he will just – him and his production team will just make the film. They'll sell it to a studio with the um, with the impetus that I get full reign over everything. I get final say. I get final cut. And for, like, an independent filmmaker who's come, again, from pretty much nowhere really, to be able to give in, like, full reign over a film is insane. But it's wow. – and it re- his films really do show the difference between a studio film and, an, and something that's being made independently, but they don't feel like an independent movie. I don't know. I just <laughs> love these. They were both, like I think I gave Drag to Cross four and a half and I gave Brawling Sub like an, an easy five. Like, man, I, I loved them. Loved them both. And I will recommend them to anyone out there.
1: And you you mentioned his his style. It, mm. You're right. It doesn't feel because he'll hold on those shots, yeah. and he'll and he'll you know make sure to frame up things in a way that maybe you've never seen it framed yeah. before. And especially a uh, 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 brawl, you know, that is not something I, I've really ever seen anything like before. Yeah. Just the way that it's pieced mm. together yeah. and then dragged across concrete. I watched that with my dad. My dad said, I've never seen a movie like that before. And I said, well, that's what happens when a, when when a director like that gets full reign over his film Mm -hmm. and and gets two prolific actors in that way, man, it's just, it's, it's fascinating. I've never seen anything like his filmmaking before. And I can't wait
0: to see what the guy does next. Like, we, I'm. You hear a lot of people say that. I've never heard. I've never seen anything like this before. Truly, never seen anything like this before. You would have never got me to sit and watch a movie this violent. I mean, it's it's not like yeah. it's violence from beginning to end. Each of these films is like it's normal right until the last act, and then it's just like mm-hmm. it earns its R rating in the last fifteen twenty minutes of the film. And you, they're long films too. They are Very like long. two and a half three hour films, pushing three yeah. hours, dragged across across concrete, but they don't feel it. Those movies that yeah. are just like. Um, but yeah, well, particularly talking about like shot framing and stuff dragged across in particular, there's this, when they're on the stakeout, you've got Mel Gibson and you've got um, uh, uh, Vince Vaughn on a stakeout, which is a very long nice scene day. right there. You've got Both these time. two in the thing for a very long time, just two up in this, in the scene wide shot. You've got the two actors and then it will just randomly cut to a close up <laughs> of someone who is really weirdly framed to the side yep. of the screen. And it just doesn't feel right. It's, and almost the way that he edits and frames and everything it's all about putting you in that headspace of like it's mm-hmm. on some subconscious level it makes you really uncomfortable and i think that's just the beauty of that work it's there's the, yeah. the been thought going into every single aspect of of what this guy does and i'm a, such a huge fan of his work now me too for sure i can't wait to he's see him he's one what of my he favorite
1: he's one of my favorite working directors yep. right now probably easily. top 15
0: oh for yeah. me easily as well He's, ta- he's yeah. jumped in there with these three movies, amazing. Um, another one I do want to talk about. I I think you've seen this, Vivarium.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, yes.
0: What did you think about this
1: one? I I didn't love it, but I liked it. Yeah. I, I thought it was this this weird, uh, a strange, you know, unlike anything I had ever seen. Quirky performances, yeah. kind of scary, <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you. But um, but I. I responded in a positive way. I, I think I gave it a uh, around a seven ish yeah. out of ten. So I, I
0: enjoyed the experience. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I, I was actually very surprised because I'd heard it was awful and it has like a five point something on IMDb. Oh, I know. And like a yeah. really bad Rotten Tomatoes score. And I thought this is going to be. Me bad. I was crazy. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, told me I was crazy. Because yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I like this. And I like, but it's weird. And I'm like, but does that mean it's bad? No. No, for sure, not. I, yeah. I, was, I
0: thought it was. I just, I thought it was really good. I'm just watching, thinking again. It's another one of those things. Where it's like this is unlike anything I've ever seen before. The whole exactly. concept. I yeah. won't say anything for anyone who hasn't seen it because it's just one of those movies that layer upon layer kind of keeps unraveling itself, and it just gets yeah. weirder and wilder and just crazier <laughs> yeah. as it goes on. And I think it's just to see someone just take this chance to to, to mm. on on a film that's so wild and wacky. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was I great. Did, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg um, and Imogen Poots is the uh, is the other act, actor in there. Yes. They're both great. They both deliver just really weird. And The Child, of course. Oh, my God. I hate just creepy little children in movies. I just but Maybe this, the creepiest this kid, yep. I've
1: ever yep. seen, Dave. That yep. is, uh, <laughs> and I will not reveal how, but nope. when that happened for the first time, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, weird. All right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. Um but i would recommend that movie to anyone who's into just kind of weird quirky stuff definitely worth taking a yeah, look at strange um as we are pushing it i do just briefly want a quick non 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 spoiler um thoughts on wandavision episode 5 um because I know, I know i understand there's a lot of people out there we are recording this the day after it's gone up or for you the day it's gone up um and and i know there's people out there who probably haven't had a chance to see it just yet man that episode.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. This show, Kevin Feige is a madman. Look what he is getting <laughs> he's away with bad. on television, <laughs> man. Look at the way he's expanding. What? It's <gasps> the biggest film franchise in history, essentially. But the way he's yes. expanding it on television.
1: And... Well, you were on board with the first three episodes, yeah, right, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. Completely on board, yep. right? I, I remember you know, really positive thoughts. I saw some that were understandably so hesitant. Yeah, and, and here's what I said in my review. I said, this is one that we just have to be patient with because yeah, with sure. patience comes a few payoffs here and there. And mm-hmm. Dave, we have seen a plethora of payoffs. We've seen... Uh, comic book Easter eggs yeah. galore. And in this episode, I will not say what, but there is a moment, a jaw-dropping <sighs> moment at the end. Uh, I had to get my reaction on camera. I, yeah. This is the first full episode reaction video I've ever filmed, um, but I knew going in that something crazy mm-hmm. was going to happen. I wanted to do one last week. I knew something yeah. crazy was going to happen. I just didn't know what. Mm-hmm. Dave, I'm loving, Yeah, I'm absolutely loving the yeah. show. It's incredible.
0: It's it is terrific. Yeah. Um, my dad, my dad was one of the people who was very hesitant about it. Um, the, after the first couple of episodes, kind of thought, well, "I'm not too sure how to feel about it." I get it too, yeah. but I just had to yeah. say. And I said this on the podcast last week: trust in Marvel, trust in Kevin <laughs> Feige. He's he yeah. does, they they do things for a reason. There's a reason it's like this, and there will be payoffs. Yeah. And five episodes in, how many payoffs there have been? And I think the oh, thing man. with with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I mean, what, are we 12 years in now and 22, 23 films or something and now TV shows yeah. as well, the way they have slowly built our trust and everything, almost everything they have done has paid off. You've just yeah. got to give them time and you got to give them that trust that they have earned over this, like, 12-year period. Um, yeah. I just can't wait to see where this goes. Apparently next week, which is Episode 6, closes out Act 2 of the show and then the last number of episodes will be the final act. So I think this upcoming episode is going to be absolutely wild as well. I can't
1: wait, Dave. It's it's like it's almost like you have that feel of I'm not patient enough to be you know, waiting a week on every episode, but I actually mm-hmm. love the release I strategy yep. of one a week. Mm-hmm. I think it's brilliant. I think from a marketing perspective and just the talk mm-hmm. every single yep. Friday is WandaVision. Yeah. So they're nailing it in that aspect. And um, it's a show that requires patience um, yep. with that schedule and just yeah. the way the show progresses. But man, at the end of the day, it's so worth it. And I think this is just it is opening new doors mm-hmm. for the Marvel Universe. Yep. And it's done beautifully and yep. I'm just loving it so far. Yep.
0: I agree with absolutely everything you've said. And the release strategy, I've said it a number of times. Perfect. Perfect for this show perfect. because I am waking Agreed. up and going, three more days to division, <laughs> <sighs> A couple more days and we get that next yeah. little chunk. It's amazing. <laughs> and who would have thought it would, would have worked out? Tell me if, like 10 years ago. You see stuff like Shield and, and uh, the, the Netflix stuff and yeah. this is on a totally different level. Like I never would have thought the stuff they're getting away with on television. It's like, almost like you need to watch these TV shows. If you're going to keep following these films, you have to, but
1: for them to take, it's almost a requirement day at this point. You
0: have to watch it. Yeah. But for Kevin Feige to, who is obviously the producer behind all the Marvel films, head of Marvel studios for him to, Brainstorm this is one thing, but then for Bob Iger and whoever else is over at Disney making these creative decisions and signing him off to let him do this on television is insane. It's mm. insane. I just think they're all geniuses over there. And I'm too. a bit of a Disney fanboy, so I'll always work it up. But <laughs> I, I seriously think, as someone who has been watching movies nearly 30 years, <laughs> I just, it's unlike anything we've ever seen before. And we're moving into a new era of, of, of film really.
1: And this last year has proven it. And you, you know, we never pictured a connection between the television show and like you mentioned agents of sealed, but in this way, something Mm. that's going to impact a movie like, uh, you know, we've already, we know of the doctor strange connection, but maybe a movie like Spider-Man three, we don't know yet, but, all of those things connecting again it's just it's something you have to pay attention to and you have to watch it is
0: a yeah. requirement yeah. to keep up with the storyline absolutely one of the things that i that struck me was like they will mention characters from the marvel cinematic universe again not spoiling it's things classic. but it might be like a drop yeah. of like oh captain america or iron man or you know <laughs> tony stark or something but when you look at the the netflix shows and they're like oh the guy with the hammer and the big green guy it's almost like well, oh, this is the difference right here and it's almost like it's almost jarring when you hear like oh tony stark you're like oh shit this is actually this is a big deal now like yes. oh, i just love it i think it's absolutely fantastic um, at that, man, we are pushing two hours, so I think we will close it off. There's a couple of things we were going to touch on. Um, actually, I'll briefly touch over this as we're talking about Marvel. Yeah, go There on. are various Marvel pro- uh, productions filming at the moment. Thor 3 is filming in Sydney here in Australia. Yeah. We've got Doctor Strange, which is filming in London. We've got Spider-Man 3, which is filming in the US. And we have got Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania is apparently just started filming in Turkey, The Diz Insider gave a little scoop on that on their website just yesterday. Um, So we've got, what's that, four Marvel films are currently filming. So this is now, Marvel are not just a production house who are making a movie here and there. They are a fully-fledged studio, and this is now cementing it. They are filming four movies at once. We have got a TV show on right now. One week after, two weeks after this TV show finishes, another TV show starts. Two weeks after that finishes, another TV show starts. We're going to get movies opening in cinemas. They've got Black Widow in the bank already. They've got The Eternals in the bank already. Yeah. They've got Shang-Chi in the bank already. This is a fully fledged, like, big six film studio. It's insane to see how they have got, gone from a little subsidiary from a larger company. <laughs> to this fully fledged studio in the space of 10 to 12 years. It's insane.
1: It almost feels like a genre. Oh
0: yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs>
1: <The>, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have the superhero genre, Yeah. but the MCU almost yeah. feels because it's not just the consistency of what we've had. It's soaking in mm. the, the, the Sony, the, yeah. the Fox, the, all of these different things. And now they have access to all of these mm. characters and, so much potential for content and you're getting the unexpected ones like the Eternals and then you're just offshooting the characters that we know and love. And, and like you said, to go from what they were, you know, studio that not a lot of people believed in, obviously Iron Man and Kevin Feige, they changed that. uh, But to do what they're doing now and to have the number one, highest grossing movie of all time, yeah, All of those things. Uh, what an achievement. And I, you know, we both grew up with the MCU. Obviously, we're going to love something like that. But um, to see that and to see all of these little Easter eggs from mm. all of these filming locations coming out here and there, I'm yeah, just getting more so excited, good. Dave. I can't so wait. Excited. I
0: can't wait. It's going to be at a point now where we're, it's literally going to be nonstop Marvel stuff. It's going to be hard to catch yeah. up, but we're going to be there and we're going to be there day one every damn oh. time. It's funny oh, because yeah. WandaVision Vision. Last night I watched the episode at 7 p.m. in uh, my time when it goes up. By the time okay. I'd watched that, I think I started at maybe quarter past seven. By the time I'd watched that and went to Twitter, spoilers from the episode were trending. Yeah. Literally went to trending and it was hashtag WandaVision, trending alongside uh, uh, uh. three big spoilers. No, no. I was like, what the hell? So you really have to be on it. you got to be there like day one and just – it's crazy. That's and this is why they don't dump it all at once. Because if they dumped it all at once, yeah. there's gonna be some jerk out there who goes directly to the last episode and makes the big reveal <laughs> at the end of the series trending straight away within 15 minutes. That's yeah. uh, crazy. Uh, but look And it's and it's why yeah. they
1: only gave press access to certain episodes. Yeah, exactly because right. it's like you know, and you have to have that trust, obviously, yeah. as a studio, but there there has to be something for everyone mm-hmm. press audience yeah. all those things yeah. alike and to hold on and obviously there were leaks i didn't even look at the leaks i don't know no, they i were. haven't no. but to hold on what i i think we're going to get with some of these reveals yeah. in, in future episodes i think they're uh, i think they're keeping it a secret dave i yeah. mean look at the mandalorian they kept that a yeah. secret yeah to see what they can keep mm-hmm. a secret yeah yeah so, it's crazy we'll, well
0: i keep saying look they've delivered so many Big sort of twists and turns and stuff. And we're only five episodes in. I feel like we don't know yeah. the half of it just yet. More to come. More oh, to come. beautiful. Yeah. And that, I think is a beautiful way to end out this show and some Marvel, Marvel goodness. Man, thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Um, I love you. I love your work. I love everything. Your thoughts on everything is just fantastic. And I feel like you've just brought an extra spark to this podcast with your knowledge and all that stuff. I want you on here as a regular man. Every time I need your expertise on these things, I want to get you on when the, um, the globes... Awards have gone out. I want you in a round Oscar season. Man, you got to be a regular on the show. I would absolutely love that if you'd be willing to do that.
1: Dave, anytime you want to have me back, I will come back. Thank you so much, man. I, I love your show. Love what you're doing. Love watching your channel. And uh, to come on here and, you know... I I try to be an expert i don't know if i actually am but man i am invested in all of this stuff man and just to talk movies with you for two hours a great time man anytime you need me back i'm willing to come on
0: thank you so much i will be in touch with you again very 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 soon you'll be on in no time i'm sure um there for again for all those people out there let them know where they can find you yeah you guys can find
1: me uh youtube.com austin burke on letterboxd as well and at the Birkinator on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Amazing. Get to it guys. If you're not following him, please follow. Him. Please follow him. His his thoughts, his opinions, his videos, all amazing. It astounds me, man. Um, of course, this podcast goes out every single Monday on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and Audible. The video, the visual element goes up on YouTube at the same time, but if you're a patron supporter, you get it two days earlier on a Saturday. Um, so if you want to become a patron supporter and get that early access, go to patreon.com forward slash Dave Down Under for as little as a dollar a month. You can find me on YouTube, of course, Dave Lee Down Under, Twitter, Instagram, links down at the bottom of the descriptions not the bottom of the description, the end of the descriptions down Down the bottom, jeez I've been talking for two hours I'm ah, scrambling <laughs> I know over my saying. words um, it's, tough. it's tough man if, if you are, yeah man at this point it is two hours so it is, yeah. it is getting there um, if you're listening on the podcast platforms I'd really appreciate any kind of reviews you can considering my way that would be great Usually just good ones, maybe not the bad ones. Uh, you can head to my Instagram, uh, or sorry, my YouTube channel and enter the competition. Australian entries only, I should be saying for that. I can only give that away. It's a stipulation from the distributor. Australian entries only. Um, just let me know your favorite B grade Nick Cage movie or your favorite Kiwi film on that YouTube video. Um, my YouTube preview for this week. What is coming up this week? I have got. Uh, my preview of the animated films coming out in 2021, uh, That I did that um, over my break, Called caught my break, but I was kind of working, doing, I banked a lot of videos for this year, so I'm very excited about that, I feel like I'm ahead of the game for the first time, um, but yeah, so that's coming up, but I have actually had to amend this video a number of times, because I keep delaying things, or removing things from <laughs> schedules, and so it's kind of a work in progress, but that animation preview will be up. This week, I think maybe Monday or Tuesday, I will have my review for the little things up as well. Uh, the embargo has lifted for the States, but because it's not open until in Australia until like later in the month, the local team kind of wanted the review to go up a little bit later, which is which is okay. Um, so that'll be going up this week. And then I think that's it for the week. Other than that, um, just probably news bits and whatever else I end up having to do a- along the way. Um, I'm currently working on my Cartoon Evolution for Tom and Jerry's Spike and Tyke. That's going to be the next one coming up at the end of the month. That's probably coming out... I can't remember the date, but it's like a few days before the Tom and Jerry movie comes out. So get excited for that. That's in the bag right now. I'm editing that. Actually, i got to record the audio this afternoon, and edit that, start editing that today. Um, and that is it, I think. Thank you once again, Austin, for joining me. It's an absolute pleasure to speak to you as always, and I look forward to having you on again. And thanks to everybody out there for listening. It's been a blast. Right? I agree. And you know what, Dave? I, I think... This could be a, a more of an
1: ongoing with the award ceremonies, yep. but even beyond, man. And I've got to have for you sure. on my channel, Dave. Oh Let's man! Think of something, a collab. Man. Come on, man! Just send
0: me a message, and we'll we'll bloody we'll we'll nut it out. We'll sort it out. We'll we'll get it done. Awesome. We'll get it done. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you once again. Take it easy out there, guys. Thanks for watching. I'll see you on the next one.